Hello. Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast. Um, so I'm going to tell you who my guest is today, and then I'm going to launch into, I'm going to launch into a diatribe. And by diatribe, I mean, just because I don't expect everybody to know what diatribe means. I mean, I'm sure you do. I mean, it says more about me than it says about you that I feel the need to explain the word diatribe. Anyway, whatever. I've gone this far. Uh, After I tell you who's on the show today, I'm going to launch into a diatribe, a long rant uh, about what's been going on with me. There's things I want to tell you. Things I want to tell you. So my guest today uh, is financial coach Caroline Snyder. Caroline is the founder and CEO of Verity Advising, a financial coaching company. And I'm so glad to have her on the show. Oh my God, did you hear this? It's like a fire truck. There's an ambulance. I'm podcasting. This might be my final podcast for a long while. Jesus. All right, we're back. Um, So I'm excited to have a financial coach on the show because it's such an important thing that people don't like to talk about money. I should have had a million other financial coaches on the show. Maybe I would be better with my money by now. Uh, So here's the deal with Caroline. Uh, She works with clients virtually from all over the country, either one-on-one, as couples, in small groups. She doesn't manage money for her clients. What she does is she helps them gain the financial skills and knowledge that they need to live their lives the way they truly want and to discover, define, and design their personal paths to financial equality and strength. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Uh, I'm not trying to be condescending to you guys. I'm just, uh, or to you people out there. I, uh, I'm just low energy. I don't know what's been going on. Like already, I haven't put this podcast out in like a month. And I've been like, you know, I put it out on my Instagram at Alexi Wasser. If we're not friends on there already, we totally should be. I put it out on Instagram weeks ago that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done podcasting. But I'm putting this episode, episode out because I, I, I recorded it. I, I had the conversation. I had Carolyn on the show. By the way, I'm vacillating between Caroline and Carolyn. I don't know what this means. I'm sorry. Do not take it personally. Caroline Snyder. I believe that's how you say her name. It's been so long since I met her, had her over to my house, had her on my couch, and we were chatting that I'm probably botching her name in the intro, and then you'll hear what it really is, uh, you know, uh, during the actual conversation. My apologies. The point is, we know who you are, what you do. I have nothing but respect for you. Thank you for being on the show. Back to my rant. I'm all over the place here. Uh, What else is new? So, yeah, I just sound low energy and hopefully not condescending uh, because I don't mean to be just because I don't know. It's it's been in the ether. Has anybody else felt completely sleepy? It must be the weather change. It's October now. Uh, You know, fall is upon us. I love October. It's my favorite month. I love Halloween. It's so cozy. But I just want to curl up and be in bed all the time. And I'm not even sad. I just feel like I want to clean out my closet, get rid of everything, you know, just make it my place more sparse than it already is. I want to I want to end things and start new things. One of the things I want to end is this podcast or just take a take a break, potentially an indefinite break. Um and you know, put my attention on uh, other things. So that is why I might sound condescending or sluggish because it's just how I've been feeling. So maybe, you know, you can relate. If it's personal, chances are it's universal. That's what I'm going through. Anyway, 
I, I'm fully just going to go between Caroline and Caroline. I believe it's Caroline though. Anyway, so Caroline is offering, this is so sweet of her. She's offering 10% off a coaching series. Uh, if you reach out to her and say that you heard about her through this very podcast, the Love Alexi podcast. So find her on Instagram at Verdi Daily. That's V-E-R-D-I-D-A-I-L-Y. Find her on Facebook uh, forward slash Verdi Daily. You can find, you can email her direct at caroline at verdiadvising.com and you can just visit her website, verdiadvising.com. Um, this is a good episode because like I was saying before, this is money is one of the topics that nobody wants to talk about. It's just a difficult thing to talk about. Maybe you're thinking, oh no, it's not a big deal for me, but you're lying. You're wrong. You're wrong. Or maybe you're just, you are the exception, not the rule. Isn't that the, the end line in a, he's just not that into you. You're the exception, not the rule. Anyway, um, Money, sex, religion, politics, four things that people don't like to talk about that can instantly take you from getting along with people swimmingly to crashing and burning. Uh, but yeah, oh God, and then when you're in a relationship and already people always reach out to me and they're, they're, they're like, let me take that back. People are always reaching out to me and they're asking me about like, oh, you know, like on a date, who pays, blah, blah, blah. The guy asked me on a date, I'm talking about like hetero, uh, heterosexual relationships. I don't like saying heteronormative because it makes it seem like that's normal. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to think of it that way. So I'll just say heterosexual. Anyway. Oh my God. I'm just going to be dragged. I just feel like I'm dragging myself right now internally. I'm like, what, what are you saying? What are you doing? You're saying something that's probably wrong. Anyway. Oh my God. Where the fuck was I? Okay. So people are DMing me constantly uh, about money in relationships and dating scenarios. And it is confusing, you know, and, and, you know, when you start dating, you don't know if somebody asks you out on a date, let's say a guy asks a girl out on a date or whoever is the asker. I always say, whoever asks you, if, if they're asking you, they pay, they invited you and they're wooing you. Let yourself be wooed. Um, if you listen to my conversation with, uh, I don't know, the dating coach I had on weeks and weeks ago, possibly months ago, you know, he was talking about that, but he's very like old school traditional, which I appreciate because, you know, although I am a feminist, I am uh, old timey. It's all very confusing as far as dating is concerned. Um, but I like old timey traditional things. Not too old timey and traditional. Oh my God. I, I was watching the uh, 90, I was watching 90 day fiance before the 90 days and the girl, one of the girls, are you guys, are you, are you, I have to stop saying, are you guys? You know what I mean, though? Are you watching 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days? Because uh, the latest season, season three. Oh, God, it's so good. I mean, all I really want to do is watch the Darcy storyline because, my God, I've been Darcy. I never want to be Darcy again. <sighs> she has very little self-worth. She should not drink. And, uh, oh, man, is it brutal to watch her unravel. And you're just thinking, oh, no, stop. No, just let him take you on the trip. Don't go to Albania to meet your sister and, and her Albanian boyfriend. What are you doing? Ah, don't get drunk and cry the first night you arrive in London to meet your new guy. Oh, oh my God, brutal. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please tune into season three of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. But one of the girls, she's 19. She's fallen in love with, uh, with a guy she's never met. She's met him online. 
and he's from Syria, and she's like, she's converted to Muslim. She's Muslim now, and uh, she goes to Beirut to meet her boyfriend for the first time, and Mary, she marries him four days later. She goes with her mom. Oh, and her, oh, it's so interesting. The show is... I want to say it's garbage, but it's not garbage because I'm not a garbage person. If you're rolling your eyes, how dare you? But I'm not a garbage person and all the people I know who love it are not garbage people. It's a riveting show and there's so many different levels to it because you're witnessing, you know, so many things going on at the same time. The age differences in relationships, the cultural differences, uh, desperation, self-worth, just it's an examination of so many different things on so many different levels. So, oh, where do I even begin on the ring lighting situation for the woman who's like 47 going to meet her like 27-year-old boyfriend in, uh, where is he from? I can't remember. I can't keep everything in order. But uh, so the mother of the 19-year-old girl accompanies her daughter, which I think is wonderful. The daughter's American. The mother's American. They go to Lebanon to meet the Syrian boyfriend and uh, the daughter, the 19-year-old daughter, insists on getting married. Insists on getting married. And, you know, she's in love. She met this guy four days ago in real life. She thinks she knows the ins and outs of this guy and the culture she's entering into. And he, I just love seeing the mom trying to convince her daughter. You know, And oh, by the way, the daughter can do whatever she wants. I know she's 19 years old. Technically, she's an adult. But just you feel the pain of the mom's... Like, the mom is at the wedding... And the ceremony, basically, you learn that, like, she, the mom can't be a witness to her daughter. She can't sign and be a witness to her daughter getting married because there's only one woman. There's only, you know, it's just, just the mom. And you need to have, it's either one man can be a witness or two women make up one man. So you hear the mom just, you know, being interviewed in the testimonial and just saying, like, oh, my goodness, my daughter is entering a culture where they, where they look at women as, like, two women, you know, equal one man, you know, so men are better than women. It's just, and the daughter, oh God, and then the mom leaves and then the daughter's like acting with her new husband. She's saying things like, oh, you know, I can't, you know, I'm going to dance in the street and this is what I'm going to do. And the husband's like, no, I don't want you to do that. She's like, what? You can't tell me what to do. What? Has she not been paying attention to the culture she was entering into? Jesus Christ. But maybe she's such a badass. Maybe she's uh, so fucking intense and hardcore and strong that she's infiltrating from the inside. She's infiltrating the culture and trying to make a change from the inside. So, uh, but uh, really, I just feel for the mom. Oh my God, the mom's in tears because the mom can't do anything. The more you try to make a kid not do something, the more they're going to do it. And then the daughter's going to move to Syria. Tells her mom, I'm going to move to Syria. And the mom's like, it's, it's, there's a war. There's a war there, please. No. The daughter's like, I'm doing it. Sorry. God, mom, calm down. So what? So what? There's a war there. Relax. Relax, mom. Anyway, where was I even going with any of this? Um, yeah. Well, we talk about money in this episode, going back to that, you know, going on a date. No, ask, oh, yeah, we're talking about, you know, money and relationships and talking about me being old timey. But then I was just look, thinking about other cultures that are like, oh, Jesus, it really puts in perspective when it's like, I'm an American girl who wants her boyfriend to pay for the majority of things. But then when I watch these major cultural differences and I see how it's such a gift and an honor and a privilege to be self-sufficient, I think, uh, 
oh, fuck, Alexi, relax on the, uh, on this idea that men should pay for you all the time or for the majority of the time. But then I get a little, I get so confused because then I think, well, you know, it's a biological thing. I, get my, I was going to say my, my pussy gets wet uh, when a guy uh, offers to pay the bill, offers to pay for my plane ticket or my, uh, my dinner. Um, God, that was really crass. I don't mean to say that. I, I, you're better than that. I don't mean to say, I don't want to say things like that. But anyway, it is a, it is a turn on because at a core level, it's a weird, bizarre balance. It is the future. I'm just speaking for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people listening, a lot of other women listening agree with me. Um, yeah, a biological need and want to feel safe and taken care of and to make a baby, to harvest a child in your tum-tum and know that you are protected by, uh, you know, a man with a big dick and, uh, you know, a hefty savings account. All right? I'm just saying what it is. And yet I do strive to be self-sufficient. I'm an excellent partner. I'm a hustler. Okay. Yeah, but a lot of people uh, are asking me, Alexi, uh, who should pay for this, that, that, that. And people don't like talking about money and relationships. Then you enter a serious relationship. Then you're in like, you know, monogamous relationship and you're, it's like more of a partnership because it's, you're not wooing. He's, the person's not wooing you anymore. You're out of the wooing stage. Um, and it's important that couples talk about money. Here's, oh man. I'm going to on a silent retreat. Can you believe it? This big mouth, this loud mouth. I'm going on a silent retreat in a few days. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I have a lot of soul searching I want to do. What I've noticed is that within my relationship, um, I, I finally, yeah, barely, this is my doing, I finally feel secure in my relationship where I'm not obsessing. I believe it. I swear to, I swear to fucking God, he's been consistent this entire time. He's been lovely. I don't know if it's the Prozac I'm on now, 20 milligrams of Prozac. I'm just talking about it for me. I'm not recommending it to anybody. I'm just saying it's a miracle for me. Um, and that's not why I'm sleepy. It isn't. Um, I finally feel secure in the relationship. Fantastic. And that's because I've allowed myself to feel secure. He's been, I mean, there's no reason I shouldn't have felt secure this entire time, but I realized it takes me a long time to trust somebody and to feel safe. Um, and now what I want to do is I want to get back to my autonomy. I want to give it to myself. He never took it away. You know, I pretend I'm very independent. I am very independent, but I used to be even more independent doing all these things by myself and uh, really have experiencing joy doing things on my own and uh, not worrying if somebody's thinking about me or, or really having my ego come into play when I'm by myself or with my friends or just doing something for me on my own. And, you know, it's been a while since I felt really happy and, yeah, autonomous. Because I, and so I want that back. I, I want to give that to myself again. I want to give that back to myself. He's never taken it away. I've given away so much of my power and uh, just thinking I need to micromanage being in a relationship and just like feeling the need to indulge every single feeling. And every time my ego uh, or, you know, one of the many voices in my head says, 
wait a minute. He didn't text you. Did he text you? Okay, he's doing everything great. Come up with a problem. Come up with a problem, Alexi. You need to come up with a problem. What isn't he doing right? What rack my brain? Like I just like it's like Terminator Two. Like I just can rack my brain and be like, and just I'm grasping at straws. What can I read into? What can I make up in my mind? Because I can make up stories in my mind about a bad thing that's probably happening, a way something should have gone. Just all this stuff. So much energy, energy, energy has been wasted on my worrying. And I don't want to worry anymore. I'm not worried anymore. I'm not. But it is a muscle. It's a muscle I have to work out because while I'm great, I've said this before, I'll say it again. While I'm great at being single because I don't have anyone to put all the blame on, uh, I would like to feel as autonomous and happy and vibrant and independent and excited about life and all of that while in a relationship. And I go in and out of that. You know, I do a lot of stuff. Because if you're listening and, and you know, I, I do lots of stuff and you might be thinking, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, you seem fine or I don't know what you're thinking, but it's really none of my business. Whatever you're thinking of me is none of my business, but I'm glad we're all here together and we're having this chat. Um, so I just, I want to go back to that. So I'm going to the silent retreat. It's very quick. It's not for a long time, but uh, I'm not going to be on my computer. I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to be texting. I'm not going to be Instagramming, storying, tweeting, and whatnot. So I'm just going to have a book. And I'm already reticent about the book I've chosen because the book I'm reading is like basically just some kind of like novel about a woman having tons of sex and probably cheating on her husband or something. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. How fun. Um, probably not the mind medicine and fuel I need to feed this brain of mine. I should, but I'm going to bring a journal. I'm just going to meditate a ton and just be alone with all my thoughts and my feelings. I noticed because in order to gear up for this silent retreat, the place I'm going to ask that I would visit their garden, uh, you know, a few times before I, I, uh, made the decision to go to the retreat because they said it can be very jarring if somebody who doesn't meditate that much and who has never been on a silent retreat just all of a sudden leaves the city and is like, Oh, like uh, I'm silent. This, this is crazy. And you just, you, your brain goes crazy. So, um, I did that. I took their advice. I was grateful for it. And what I noticed when I just like was there meditating and just being quiet for like three to five hours at a time at this place, um, I noticed that I was so angry. All this anger came up. Oh my God. So much anger. I'm so, why was I so angry? Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Maybe that'll come up. I'm sure it will. Uh, who knows what's going to come up. And uh, yeah, I've just been feeling, whether it's the weather change or this time in my life or whatever's going on, psychically, spiritually, what have you, uh, in the ether right about now, I've just been feeling very tired and listless and searching and just like needing to push things aside and walk towards new things. Uh, so I'm excited about that because that's what happened with my blog. When I had this blog uh, called I'mboycrazy.com. I had it years ago and I just stopped doing it. And it just was a natural thing. I did it for like many, many years. And all of a sudden I, I stopped because I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I just stopped. And before I was obsessed with it. And that's how it is with this podcast. I've been podcasting uh, for about 10 years, maybe longer I had a, there's a different incarnation of me podcasting before it was called boy crazy radio, like a call in advice show where I would, uh, answer phone calls, uh, and you know, advice 
and give advice to people, kind of like Loveline. And then that morphed into Love Alexi. And, uh, and now I found that the, the same thing is happening, happening internally for me. Like I started out so excited to do both versions of this podcast. And now the idea of doing it, I mean, right now I've, I'm happy to be here and chatting, but <sighs> talking at you. But before, it's just, it's gotten to this point where I'm like, no longer like, oh my God, I got to do it. I'm so passionate. I got to do it. You know, to now I'm just like, oh God, what am I going to say? Who's my guest going to be? Oh God, it's just weighing on me. I got to release one every Friday. Oh fuck. Oh God, I don't know. Who am I? So, uh, yeah. So I think that's something to listen to my body. I'm going to pay attention to that. And I'm never going to stop making stuff, but I'm going to push this aside to make room for something else that I am just as wild and passionate about. Um, you know, when I started podcasting and blogging and all that stuff. Um, I guess that's all I really want to tell you. Uh, I do still offer advice to people, but I do these things. I have a service that I offer called Big Sister Sessions where uh, I talk to men and women, boys and girls, guys, ladies, whoever you are, wherever you are, all around the world via Skype. I serve as a big sister you always needed and wanted. Um, all you have to do is click the link on my Instagram bio for all the info or to book a session. And uh, you can always just DM me on Instagram to book a session at Alexi Wasser. And uh, yeah, whatever it is you're going through, whatever turmoil, spiraling, you need somebody to listen. Um and give you advice and action steps and tools to get you through whatever it is you're going through. I'm your girl. I am your big sister, best friend uh, that you need. Because sometimes it's just so nice to have somebody who is not immediately involved in your life. And uh, I've done so many of them now. And now I started offering these sessions to couples, which has been really lovely. Um, so yeah, if you want me to be your big sister, click the link in my bio and uh, let's get something on the books. Because I prefer that. I used to give these things called, I used to have these nights, these parties called Girls Night In, where it was for only for women, in person, in a private residence, and it would be like kind of like an Al-Anon AA meeting, except with like, you know, drinks and snacks. And, uh, you know, all these girls would go around, we'd go around in a circle and everybody would talk about what, what they're going through and share. But what I noticed with those nights is I never felt like I could put all the attention I wanted to put on each and every girl. I didn't have, it was, there wasn't enough time. And, uh, I'm obsessed with talking about feelings and love and life and insecurities and mental spirals and, and reframing the outlook in which you, you know, you live your life. Um, does this make sense? Reframing how you look at life. Um, and I feel like with the big sister sessions, the hour is just dedicated to my little brother, or little sister. Um, and I'm shocked at how many, uh, it's just, it's probably even men and women who I end up talking to. I th usually I, I thought it would just be women, but it's, uh, it's 50, 50 and I love it. I thought all the guys would just be disgusting weirdos jerking off and being, uh, just weirdos, weirdos, but, uh, but they're all lovely. And, uh, I've learned even more so, I mean, I already knew this, but, uh, I'm shocked at how loving and, uh, you know, how emotional men can be. Turns out men have feelings too. Who knew everybody? Uh, you know, you heard it here first. My boyfriend's father visited town. Um, that was fun. I kept making jokes about how, uh, the, you know, the elephant in the room was the fact that, uh, there was, uh, way more 
uh, romantic tension between me and his dad than me and my actual boyfriend. Um, and I get making jokes to the dad being like, oh, don't fight it. Don't fight it, dad. You know, or whatever. I don't know. I want to say his name on the show, but, uh, he's like, I'm not fighting it. I'm, I'm embracing it. And I'm like, yes. Um, but that was really silly. And then my, my boyfriend went to the men's room while we're all three of us were at dinner and, uh, he came back to the table and he said, it was like, he was like, uh, he felt like he was interrupting a date between, uh, me and his, his father. Uh, we went to a Dodger game. We went to Musso and Frank's, the Hollywood, uh, landmark restaurant featured in, in, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Where else? What else did we do? We went to the Sequoias. Oh my God. We went on a road trip, a road trip to Yosemite. It was amazing. He's my boyfriend's father is just, is so gentle and lovely and just kind, quiet, great cheekbones, wonderful bone structure, fit and fabulous. He's just a wonderful guy. And, uh, and the, the boyfriend, my boyfriend said something very, uh, very sweet. He goes, cause I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, it's, it's so nice to see where you come from. Like who made you, you know, this is your maker, this gentle, sweet man from England is your, your maker. And he goes, yes, next time, uh, just start, just start imagining, uh, just pretend that your dad is like my dad, Alexi. And that actually made me feel calm because my father is not like my boyfriend's father. My father is angry because that, that's how, that's what I do. I project. I have this idea that like, you know, everybody's mind works like my father and by everybody, whoever it is I'm dating at the time, I, you know, whether they're, no matter how wonderful they are to me, I immediately just decide for them how their brain is working. And the way, what I decide is that, uh, they're mean. They hate women. Uh, yeah, I, I just like just project all this shit on whoever my boyfriend is. And, uh, and I'm wrong. I pick great men. I'm with a wonderful man. And so, yeah, to see where he comes from and how different his father is from my father, I'm like, wow. Oh, wow. This helps me accept how lovely you are to me more. I can believe it even more because not only are you wonderful, but your father's wonderful and gentle and kind and just so, that's all I can say. I keep saying, I keep saying gentle because that's how his dad is. Anyway, I, I wrote notes on what I want to talk about. Oh, the drinking thing. I was going to tell you I've been making perfume, not drinking the perfume. I'm just, that's a separate thought. Um, silent retreat. I told you about that. Uh, playing around with accepting confidence and want my autonomy back. Um ending of the show, big sister sessions. Yeah. Drinking. That's what I left out. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't drink for about a month and a half. And then when the boyfriend's dad came to town, I thought I'm going to have a drink. They're British. Uh, it's ritualistic. Uh, I'm going to have a drink. So I drank and let me tell you what I noticed. I prefer not drinking. I'm back to not drinking. Um, I was, I would make, I would make jokes and say on this very podcast, oh, I love drinking. I love drinking, but I'm going to take a break. I love drinking, blah, 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 yakety schmackety. But you know what I've noticed? I feel so, oh, newsflash. I mean, my God, this is like, yeah, I, I prefer not drinking. And I keep being told by various people that I seem more drunk when I'm sober at a party than when I'm drinking. And I realize it's because when I'm drinking, I'm trying so hard to like 
you know, I'm overthinking, like, what am I saying? Am I going to say something dumb? Do I seem wasted? Am I out of control? Keep it together. But when I'm sober at a party or just not drinking, I feel like I've got my shit in order. I know who I am. There's a strong sense of control and confidence. And I just feel very like I own myself because I'm not hazy. I'm not, uh, you know, numbing myself in order to, you know, uh, in order to be able to get through the evening or the socializing. So it's kind of a lovely feeling. And then when I go home, if I want to work, I'm not all fucked over because I've been, you know, I'm drunk. I can get more work done. Uh, I'm not hung over the next day. These are all things we all already know. But it was just interesting because for a second, I was like beating myself up for, for having a drink, even though I really did want, to, I wanted the ritualistic experience of having some alcohol, uh, you know, because it was uh, the boyfriend's, dad's first visit to America to see where his son lives. So that was lovely. Um, and I just wanted to feel like, ah, you know, it's like, I'm not so rigid. Uh, but I was, you know, I was beating myself up about, you know, uh, losing the days that I had not drinking. But then I thought, you know, it's a great experiment because I'm seeing the difference. I'm getting a first hand, I'm just like, I'm doing a scientific experiment. And I also, I noticed in photos that you just, I just look so much more haggard when I'm drunk. Just like my eyes are drooping a bit. Only from two drinks even. I, I never even had a night where I had more than two drinks. But like, you know, I just, it's just not a girl's friend. It's not, that's nobody's friend. But alcohol is fun. And uh, I'm sure I will drink again. I just want, don't want to be so rigid and be like, I'm never going to drink again. But I just want to ch- wanted to check in with you and tell you what I noticed. And I also just think... Yeah, I'm way more emotional when I'm drinking alcohol. My reactivity, my insecurity, it's all worse when I'm drunk, when I'm tipsy, when I have alcohol in my system. Uh, It makes me not look as cool and fresh, uh, fresh faced. And uh, yeah, it depresses me. It just makes me moody. It makes me feel bad. And I'm on Prozac. And I really don't think I can have alcohol on Prozac. I think you're really not supposed to have alcohol on Prozac. I know everybody's like taking pills, drinking drinking alcohol all the time, and nobody's really... Uh, but, you know, I think it's a big no-no, especially for my my body chemistry, my makeup. What else can I tell you, everybody? Listen, you've heard it all. Thank you for all your wonderful emails, your DMs about what my podcast means to you, that you really like the intros. That's why I'm just fucking going rogue and doing a really long intro, not worrying about it. I'm not going to edit this. I'm just going to put it out as is. Um, Yeah, thank you for all your messages saying that this podcast mattered to you. And uh, every message I got, I read. If I didn't get back to you, it's probably because I started crying and then got discombobulated and frazzled and sidetracked and then went on to some other thing. And uh, anyway, but thank you for all your messages and um, hopefully I'll get to meet you one-on-one. We can talk about everything and pretend we're best friends during a big sister sesh. And uh, if not, I hope you enjoy any um, creative endeavor and journey I go on moving forward. And keep sending me direct messages. Be my friend on Instagram. Uh, still listen to all the old episodes of this podcast. I might be back. I'm not sure. Um I know that Lacey Phillips, she has a podcast called Expanded, and she's going to put out the the first episode I ever recorded with her, which was like January of 2018. She's going to put that out on her podcast. Uh, it's cross 
podcast content, uh, very futuristic. I was thinking about putting that episode episode out again, but if I don't listen, listen to it, just go, just scroll, just go through the backlogs, find it. It's interesting because I listened to it again after Lacey said she wanted to uh, run it on her podcast. I listened to it again, uh, like, you know, nearly two years later. And I just thought, wow, I could understand things she was telling me. By the way, Lacey Phillips, in case you don't know, she is quote unquote a manifestation advisor. She's just a cool girl who helps people be the best versions of themselves. She helps you with self-worth and, uh, and just making your life the way you want it to be, calling in all the things you want into, in your life. Anyway, she was a guest on my show about a year and a half ago, January of 2018. And uh, when I listened back to it, I, could, I felt like I could understand what she was saying so much more than I understood, than, than I did at the time. Um, cause I, I, you know, I'm different now. You, we hope to evolve and, and change and I have. And, uh, so that was really interesting. So I might release that and who knows if I get inspired to do this podcast in a different way. I, I, I ask you to, I ask you to, what the fuck am I talking about? Okay. My headphones are a little bit wonky. I don't like it. It's kind of irritating me. This has happened before and I don't, I don't like it. Okay. If you have an idea of what I could turn this podcast into, like, you know, whether it's just, just me talking all the time, doing stuff out in the world, out in the field, if you will, let me know. Just send me DMs on what you, what you think. Um, for the first time ever, I kind of mentioned the projects that I'm up to during this very episode, and I'm very forthcoming with my financial situation and, uh, you know, talk, I'm talking about debt and uh, and just financial goals and finances really do play into autonomy because I know that at the age that I'm at, things that would make me, money really does factor into my independence. I haven't had a car in nearly, in over two years. And I think, oh, wow, I'm really doing my part for global warming, for climate. I'm really helping out the world. This is great. You know, I don't have to worry about leasing a car or car payments or insurance and parking, car, you know, parking, car washes, this and that, gasoline, what have you. But my God, I just got to the point today. I've been getting to the point where I'm like, if I have to fucking talk to another Lyft driver, not talking shit about Lyft drivers, but just about the exchange of energy. Okay. I, maybe I seem like an extrovert. I'm an introvert extrovert. How dare you? I just can't do it. I like to be quiet a lot of the time, believe it or not. And if I have to get into a weird smelling, body odor infused, fucking chatty McChatterson lift situation one more time, I'm just it's doing my head in. So I feel like if I could, you know, I don't even want like an Audi or anything. I just want like a RAV4 hybrid, a black RAV4 hybrid, just, you know, it's a Toyota, just so I can just drive, go on long quiet drives, listening to podcasts or classical music or the radio or jazz or whatever the fuck it is I want to listen to. Um, that would be great. I would just feel so much more in control of my life. I would feel so much more independent because like, you know, my boyfriend will let me borrow his car sometimes. That's really great. He's such a gentleman, but like just knowing, I mean, I used to have a car. It's, I think I need that in my life again. Because it, it's, a, it's a mental, psychic, spiritual, independent block, not being able to just drive yourself around, you know? And I've really given it a try over two years of not having my own car. 
So if I could, I don't know what, I don't even want to lease a car, just buy a RAV4 outright, all right? That's what I want for independence, for peace of mind, for autonomy. This episode is dedicated to autonomy, to financial independence, to living your best life, to setting yourself free, to learning who you really are and who you really want to be. Uh, Also, I am at a certain age. I'm 38 years old. I'm happy that I have yet to have a child with somebody because if I had, I would have had a baby with somebody who's not right for me. But now I've met somebody who I'm madly in love with, who I actually would want to have a baby with, who I actually want to have a baby with. I'm not ready now. So you know what would be great? Well, how, how, fi- fi- how finances could also contribute to my peace of mind and freedom. Uh, if I could freeze my eggs, if I could pay for freezing an embryo or just freezing my eggs, that would buy time and peace of mind and autonomy. Yes. Paying off my debt, the freedom of not having debt lingering over my head. Are you feeling what I'm saying? I just want to build up a nest egg where I feel like I've got padding in my savings. Uh, I want to feel as sexy to myself as a guy with a big dick and a padded savings is sexy to me. You know, as hot as I am for that guy, I want to be that hot for myself. You know, I want to be the man that I want to date. All right. Does that make sense? I think it does. <sighs> Listen, if you hate how long this intro is, what does it matter anymore? It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter because I don't have to do this anymore. I never had to. I only did it because I wanted to and I want to now. And you can always fast forward or turn it off. I'm about to have a mental breakdown and implode. Um, yeah, so this is where I'm at. I'm 38 years old. I'm a girl who never, ever thought and judged harshly uh, antidepressants. A girl who never thought she would be on them. I'm now 38 on Prozac. Completely grateful for Prozac because, my goodness, I'm still me. I'm still me. Without the suffering, the internal suffering that I would try so hard to, uh, to stifle and contain. And you may think you know about the suffering, because you think I share so much or I've shared so much in writing or podcasting or blah, 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 yakety schmackety. But I haven't. That, I don't, uh, I, I've, I've, I've experienced in the last two years more pain and suffering than I've ever let on to, if you can believe it. Because I've definitely let on to a lot of internal suffering and mind spirals, but it went deeper. Anyway, so the Prozac is really helping. So that's good. Um, And I'm just kind of lining everything up, getting all my ducks in a row to simplify my life, figure out what I want for myself, what the next step is, and what truly makes me happy. And I also want to say, just because I'm just going to say anything right now, uh, there are two women who have been on this podcast recently, Lauren Lapkus and, uh, and Laura Elliott. And, uh, both of them. It's so interesting. I, I felt the same way about both of them. I mean, not identically the same, but, uh, I, I felt as though, Oh my God, am I getting a text? How exciting. 
What an exciting day, everybody. Getting a text. I have to leave my phone on because I'm expecting a phone call from um, from my endocrinologist because I had thyroid cancer when I was like 23 or something and I've got to get checked all the time and I've got to ask him questions about... Uh, I'm not trying to have a baby now or anything, but I want to know about my levels. I take Synthroid every day and, uh, and I've got to lower my dose in case I ever want to get pregnant or... or uh, if I, and I'm not trying to get pregnant, don't worry, calm down. I mean, not that you're worried, but, uh, so I had to leave my phone on because I thought if he calls me, I would just put him on speakerphone and include that in the intro here. Um, anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Oh yeah. So Laura, <laughs> Laura, not Laura. Um, oh boy. Oh my God. Anyway, these two women who are on my show. Um, are so wonderful and I enjoyed being around them so much that uh, even when I was leaving Lara's house uh, when I after I did the podcast because I went to her because she did a session she's like a Reiki energy healer master lady and uh, I remember leaving her house and I forgot to mention this in the intro for that episode but I remember leaving her house like a just like a teenager or like a goofy like like an eighth grader maybe and I was like uh, yeah, too bad. Uh, too bad we met in our thirties, and you have a baby, and you're married, and everything. Because we should have met in our twenties. Because if we met in our twenties, then uh, we, 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 we would have been best friends. And she, I think she was like holding her baby, and like somebody texted her, and and I was like just trying to say this as I was walking out the door. But uh, yeah, Lauren Lapkus and Laura Elliott, I feel that same way about. That's that's why I said to Laura. But I actually think I said this to Lauren. Um, yeah, it's weird to meet people, you know, in your mid to late thirties when people are like, you're, you're hustling for your life. You got to, you're getting your family together. You have a baby or, you know, you're focused on your career or you already have friends in place and it's hard to incorporate new friends and make new time, make time for people. But these two women, uh, yeah, I really fell in love with them. I felt a very special kinship. So that's another wonderful thing about this podcast. I made so many friends. I got to know so many people because I don't like group settings, I don't think. Uh, maybe I seem like I do, but my time to really get to know someone and put all my attention on someone, again, going back to big sister sessions, is one-on-one. Oh my God, it's all coming together now. It's all making sense. Because um, I would lure, lure I wouldn't lure them in, but uh, I would ask these people that I found fascinating. Everybody who's ever been on my podcast is somebody I wanted to have on the show that I thought was interesting and maybe I had some kind of like, you know, friend crush on them. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd hang out with them one-on-one for like, you know, one to two hours and uh, pick their brain and really just, you know, wring them dry of all their thoughts and feelings and really get to know them. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's how I like to do it. So maybe I'll just pretend to keep podcasting so people will come over to my house and hang out with me one-on-one. <sighs> yeah. Well, I still DM with Lauren Lapkus uh, every so often, which makes me happy. And, and that's just got to be enough sometimes. It's just a blessing to have met people that inspire you and make you feel understood and seen and cozy. Like somebody just, you know, like, uh, you know, like you belong to a certain tribe. We don't have to talk every day. I don't have to go over to her house. It's fine. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling like a weirdo about these two women. But uh, I just had to say that. Yeah. Um, what else can I tell you? I think nothing. You should still subscribe. You should still subscribe to the show. 
Uh, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. Uh, let's hang out during a big sister session. Let's be friends on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. And uh, yeah, just send me messages. I love you a lot. Thank you for everybody who's ever supported me doing this podcast. Uh, if you're still listening to this intro, this 44, soon to be 46 minute intro, thank you. You must really like me and I appreciate that because I'm an only child um, longing to feel seen and be loved and heard and accepted. And uh, I guess here's to uh, moving forward and me just, uh, yeah, getting the autonomy that I so crave no longer being so insecure but continuing to be self, but continuing to be self-aware enough to be able to uh, write well and uh, yeah it's not the end it's not goodbye it's uh, see you later oh. I'll, uh, hello hello wait test the mic it should be on Hello. Hello. And you just have to keep it close. Okay. Because some people drift. Okay. And then uh, you got to keep it close the whole time and then get cozy. Okay. I know I'm probably seeing. No, take your shoes off. I probably see manic, but I'm just like caffeinated and exhausted and excited all at once. All the things. All the things. Oh my God. Now I like to podcast right away so I don't miss anything in case anything. So the listener, what the listeners have missed is that we're both, we both wear Malanga wine. Uh, Is it OPI or SE? OPI. OPI nail polish. Uh, I have gels on my toes, regular on my hands, even though I usually get gel on my hands. I'm impressed you do regular on your hands. I know. I can't believe I did that. I never do that. So I'm kind of embarrassed. <laughs> Don't even be impressed. I'm like humiliated because I'm like, oh I my God. Like, you must be so careful. No, I'm not. And they're already chipping after like two days. But I just wanted the option to give my nails a rest. Yeah. I mean, I know you're a financial coach and this has <laughs> nothing to do with anything really important, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. Yeah, I, I always have gels on my hands and my feet. Always Malanga wine. and uh, Oh, this is your signature color. This is my signature color. I haven't done this in ages. Really? I think maybe since I said earlier that this was the color I wore at my wedding. Yeah. And I don't think I've done it since then. It's wedding worthy. Yeah. I know. So I love it. It's like my, it is my quote unquote signature, uh, whatever. I'm sure a lot of people's signature uh, nail polish. It's great. But uh, last week I just felt the need to like, not have any polish on my hands, which is oh. absurd, which is crazy for me. Crazy for my boyfriend, because he's like not used to that at all. So <laughs> I'm always like perfectly manicured, pedicured. I'm like addicted to it. He's addicted to getting his uh, beard trimmed, his haircut, and his car washed. Wow. And that's how I am with my nails. And uh, should not look at the car outside right now. Oh, it's I mean, disgusting. I don't care. That just means you're a woman on the go. You're living <laughs> your life. The messier your car or your house, that means the busier you are. We hope. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Productive, busy, you know, living your life. But yeah. um, I wanted to have no nail polish on my nails, on my hands, because I wanted to feel, I wanted to give them the break. I wanted to be able to clean, do my dishes without being so precious, even though you can do that with gels. Yeah. But I still felt like my nails needed to breathe, and I just didn't want to feel like I had to be precious with my hands. So that lasted for about two weeks with no nail, <laughs> co- no, no nail color. And then I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? I can't live like this. I don't really wear jewelry. I need to have my nails done. So it's baby steps back towards gels. I'm uh, also impressed that it took two weeks, like that you let it sit for that long. I know. I can't believe it. Yeah. Stop shaming me. I can't I'm believe not shaming I'm shaming you. I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm shaming myself. All right. We, I need to know everything. This is so okay. important because uh, you're fine. Uh, how do you describe yourself? Am I right? Financial yeah. coach? Yeah. So I describe myself as a financial coach. Um, 
I specifically use the word coach instead of advisor because advisor traditionally means someone who manages your money for you or gives you a plan for you. So like you go to them, you say, these are my issues. And then they come back with some tomb of a plan that you then have to interpret. Yeah. Um, which I think is a great thing for some people. Yeah. But that's not what I do. So what do you do? And you, and you are a financial coach who does what now? Yeah. So I work with individuals and, um, organizations, on the more like therapy side of money. So you come to me with issues. So let's say like I have a lot of debt or like I'm trying to figure out how the fuck to buy a house in LA. Yeah. And that's insane. Um, and we create a plan together on how to do that and work for a specific amount of time together. Okay. So it's not like someone would hire me to be their coach for the rest of their life, which is what you do when you have an advisor. Okay. And that's, that's like a from lifeline. Like, that's different from a money manager or something, right? An advisor is often a money manager. I had a money manager years ago when I was making a lot of money and then I felt like I lost a lot of money because all of a sudden I was being sold like insurance that I didn't need yeah. and they they were like, oh, you should pay your taxes ahead of time, which I'm not saying is a wrong thing, but I'd never done that in my life. Yeah. They're like, we're going to take 20 grand and pay this and I was like, okay, because I was an idiot who didn't ask questions at the time and now yeah. I, I know from Tina Turner, Oprah and Cher, it's very important to ask questions. <laughs> don't be scared to ask questions ever. It's a powerful move to ask questions, but people don't like women to ask questions. So yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I could get that 20 grand back and just go to my simple, effective, efficient uh, tax guy. Yeah. Most people don't need all of the bells and whistles. Yeah. And Ugh. the important thing, like what you were just saying of asking questions, we feel scared to ask questions because we feel like it's going to show that we don't know stuff, but we don't know stuff. We don't know stuff. So how are we going to learn stuff? Right. We don't ask a goddamn question. And no one knows stuff. Even those financial advisors often don't really know stuff. Everybody's just bullshitting each other. Yeah. But not us, though. We're great. No. We know everything. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. So, yeah. So, people are told, you know, not to ask questions or are scared to ask questions. Yeah. Yep. So, if we were having our first session together mm. as a, uh, my, you're my financial coach. Yeah. How does it begin? Let's do a little mock. Do you mind? Is that okay? No, not at all. Okay. So, the first thing you start with is getting to know each other, not with numbers. So... I ask a series of questions and I'll ask you some of them. I can't wait. Please do. I'm serious. To get an idea of kind of like where you're coming from. So for example, I always want to know what people do for work, Mm -hmm. where they're going with work, and then also what they do when they're not working. Because those, even though those have nothing to do with dollars and cents, they're really telling. So this is a little cheating because I... Well, I I'll know tell you. some of but what you do. For ask work. well. You, we've never been in person together. That's You've, true. And you think you know me because you listen to my podcast, right? Yeah, but there's whole parts of you that are not on the podcast, of course. And so I'm going to answer these questions. So should I okay. start there with that yeah. question? Okay. Yeah. About me. So about, what do you do for work? What do I do for work? Are you on a specific pathway? Am I on a specific pathway? And, and but we're not at the question what I, when what I spend money on yet, right? No. Okay. What do I do for work? I host a podcast called the Love Alexi Podcast. Love, <sighs> comma Alexi. Not, uh, like I'm signing the end of a letter, not. Love Alexi, like, please love me, even though <laughs> who knows what I'm trying to do with that title. Um, what do I else? Uh, I write. I, uh, what else do I do? I do give big sister sessions. I give like, I'm not a life coach, completely unqualified, not certified, but I give these sessions called big sister sessions and now big sister couple sessions where it's like a s- Skype kind of therapeutic sessions with somebody that you consider a big sister vibe type. I didn't know you did couples. And I just started as That's of like, fun. I came up with it two days ago and all of a sudden I have sessions booked. It's very, oh, very exciting. Amazing. I've just, um, 
I am pitching television shows. I am writing an animated show. I'm being really real right now. I don't usually talk about this stuff ever because I feel this like this is great. Writing an animated, animated show with a very, uh, somebody I respect a ton who I'm so, uh, I can't believe he's writing this show with me. It's very exciting. We're both very excited about this animated thing. Um, and then I'm pitching a docu-series show where it's like Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, but about love and relationships all around the world. And it would be me, it's me and a neuroscientist. Amazing. So that's like, you know, just, yeah. So just a really chill, not a lot happening. But the funny thing is I feel like I do nothing <laughs> and there's no money in either of those things until, yeah. until, unless, you know, I'll be positive, until we sell them. And then mm-hmm. if you sell a show, that's no guarantee because I've sold, I've sold shows, there's no guarantee they get made. So if you sell it, you get a little bit of money and that's great, but you want to make it and then you want to keep going once yeah. you make it. So those are the things. And then, you know, I have podcast sponsors on the show. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, oh, and then I act. I forgot that too. I go on auditions and castings and occasionally I book a thing and that's great. And I make a living off of residual checks. So I have a very, I just, it's a lot of different stuff. So you are like most of my clients. Oh, so really? I specialize in working with people with inconsistent incomes because if you Google and are like, oh, what do I do? Like, how do I budget? How do I save for things? What do I do with this credit card debt? Whatever it is. I have credit card debt um, too, but we'll get there. I guess. Yes, we will get You're there. to be open with everything. Yes. Yeah. The, the information that you can find is meant for people who have like a W2, 9 to 5 lifestyle. And that's not a lot of us, what is myself a, included. Am I a W9 person? Yeah. Got it. Okay, thank or you. Or 1099, probably ten? some of the I don't even know. I used to be incorporated and then I got out of that because I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't need to be. I'm not yeah. making a million dollars. People often go too hard, too fast with too stuff like that. Hard. That's what I did. Yeah. I do that in relationships and I do that with money and then I learned my lesson kind of with money and I'm trying to learn my lesson <laughs> in a relationship. <laughs> anyway, okay, keep going. We're doing our mock um, sesh. Okay, so we got the first question. What do you do when you're not working? When I'm not working, I'm a yeah, target. This I is am, where I'm like, I feel like I'm on a date. I know. Isn't this fun? Yeah. Do you mind? I, I hope, am I seeming too manic? Because I'm no. really in a good mood and caffeinated. But do I seem like I'm like on drugs? Because I'm not. I'm really not. No. You don't seem like you're on drugs. Okay. You actually seem exactly how I expected you to seem oh, in person. Oh, thank God. Because I guess I'm just happier than I used to be. Like two weeks ago even. Like, like last podcast, I was like weeping two weeks ago. And now I'm like... I still feel like myself. I actually thought about bringing you flowers today. I wish you had. Oh my I was god! Like, would that be creepy we're if re- I show up with flowers? Because well, I was like, oh, she needs flowers. I do. I can't. We're rescheduling the podcast. <laughs> you get out of here. You come back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Oh my god. Well, you, you know, flowers can be delivered too. Anyway, just <laughs> kidding. Okay. So, oh, I spend my money at Target. Target. Actually, oh I no. Work. What do you do when you're not working? Oh, no sorry. money yet. You just jump in the gun. I just jump into Target. I'm trying to get to Target as quickly as possible. You spend your time at Target when you're not working. Oh, yeah. That's baby steps towards Target. Okay. When I'm not working, I am meandering around Target. I'm watching, I'm binge watching television shows, uh, narrative shows that are wonderful, like Fleabag and Catastrophe and Barry and all these shows. And then also like trash TV, docu-series, 90 90 Day Fiance. I don't know if you've ever seen this show. I haven't seen that one. Oh my God, it's so great. There are a bunch of different incarnations of it. Also, what else am I watching? The Hills, New Beginnings. Um, Do you love that show? I love it. And I don't have cable and it just kicked me off. Why? I have to get... You've only watched two episodes for free. No, I've watched like five episodes for free. Why did it kick you off? I don't know. 
I'm very upset about it. Well, I but, but I, it's also my guilty pleasure, so I have not done the work of just getting a login. Well, maybe you'll be happy to know that I I uh, watch all my trash TV via my friends Hulu, Amazon, and my mom's Netflix, Hulu, saving Amazon money. Prime. Love yeah, it. saving money, stealing all their accounts. Forcing my boyfriend to also steal my friend's accounts. I'm like, I'm sure she wouldn't mind. I'm sure. Don't even worry about it. Here's the password. He's like, are you sure? I don't, this doesn't feel, just do it. Anyway. Um, okay. So I'm watching a lot of television. I'm overthinking in, bu- in my bubble bath or Epsom salt bath, spiraling, having mental spirals about my relationship, fighting with my boyfriend. Um, except I'm trying not to do that. And we've been, it's been pretty good for about a week. Anyway, when I'm not trying to fight. I go, I go to the beach. Did I mention Target? I love yeah. Target. Meandering around Target. What else? Do you always buy something when you go to Target? Getting my nails done. I don't. Wow. I don't. Oh, no, that's a lie probably. Oh, you know what I do? I sh- well, we'll get to the shopping. I shop online and then I, I return at Target to try to save my time. Mm. I'm, I'm taking mm-hmm. lifts everywhere. I'm going to auditions and castings and meetings. Trader Joe's, walking around town, getting my nails done. And then, yeah, just, I'm just usually in my home. I just love sitting on this couch. And sometimes it's like, a great couch. Thank you very much. It's only $300. I got it for my neighbors. They only had it for a few weeks. And then they were like, we don't need this. So uh, I needed a couch. So I bought it. Just wow. To, and then sometimes I'll turn it around to face the TV. But then when I do podcasts, when I record, I want to be towards this. So I moved it around. Yeah. Anyway, that's how I spend my time. I think I hang out with my mom. I meant ever mentioned. I, oh, friend. I'm, I'm on Instagram constantly. Let's get real. Yeah. I'm just really taking you seriously. And I want to look this at this. This is great. Yeah. I am wasting hours of my life, th- which is also my business, three hours or four hours on Instagram and social media, texting, staring at my phone, waiting for my text to be returned, <laughs> wondering why waiting my... Waiting for those little dots and then why did they yeah, disappear? I know. Waiting for my boyfriend to respond to a text that doesn't really warrant a response and I should be respecting that he's working so he can you know, make money to have a good life for both of us potentially in the future. But I'm like, hey, how come he, d- he didn't even acknowledge... That screen grab I just sent him or whatever, you know, and then I get... My husband has a Google Pixel and I have an iPhone and neither of us are willing to switch. Oh, wow. And so I don't get the little dots with him. I just have to wait like old school. Are you busy during your life and you don't mind if he's busy? Are you like, I'm doing my thing and I know who I am and then you know you're going to see him when you go back home or are you like, Hmm. are you codependent want to... It's not my business and also like... No, no, I'm an open book. Um... It depends on the day. So I will tell an embarrassing story. I was at a writer's retreat over the last few days. Oh, yeah. You did your writer's yeah. retreat. What, what were you so writing? So good. Um, it was a bunch of articles. Oh. I am working on a book also. But I just had a backlog of all the stuff I was supposed to do. So it was great. I was in Joshua Tree for three, four days. And my husband went on a hike. He was still here. He went on a hike with a friend of his. I can't even remember what day this was. A man or a woman? Man. Okay, good. Sorry, I'm all like <laughs> not worried furious. About, I'm not worried about him. On I'm that just, I'm just furious. Way. Um, and I thought he would have like texted me by like noon, and I didn't hear anything from him. And so I texted him like, "Hope you're having fun." Nothing, 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 nothing. So it ended up being hours. It was like 11 p.m. I still hadn't heard back from him. I texted him like five times, called him like 82 times. Oh, my God. Because I have some real issues with loss. So I got really worked up. You said loss, like people passing away? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lots okay. of death in my family. Oh, we no. can talk about that. Okay. Um, so I got like really fucking freaked out. 
And then I wrote him a really angry. Oh, I also at this point had Instagram DM'd um, his friend we went hiking with to be like, where's my husband? Yeah. Did they see it? No. Oh, and then I angry emailed him being like, call me right now. I'm freaking out. And he called me. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with my phone. I never got any of your texts. Really? "Uh." No, it's Google Pixel. This happens all the time. Oh, he's got a Google Pixel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He needs to get an iPhone. That's, That's the first problem. And yeah. you guys got married? <laughs> we did. I know. It was a big oh, deal. I was so kind. I know. I mean, why does he have a Google Pixel? Oh, better photos. Better They're, photos. Oh, my God. The photos are way better. That's from every, every... And he's t- a cinematographer, oh. so he cares. Every time I try to talk shit about somebody with, with a Google Pixel... And then I look at the photos they take and I'm like, no, oh, they're way better. They're way better. They're way better. And yeah. And smart people know that. And meanwhile, I'm like, Google Pixel. Like maybe you should shit. just have two phones. He maybe should. He, has, he should have like a bat phone. A bat he phone for you. had a flip phone when we started dating. Oh, that's so funny. We've made it. We've made it pretty far. We made it far. Flip phones like a Hotmail account. I think that's so funny. I like, I like Hotmail accounts. I think flip phones are great. Well, at least he didn't get the text. I had a weird thing. No, that's true. It wasn't like he was purposely ignoring me. Well, but still like that feeling but of like... But he should know, right? Should, I'm like, he should know, know that you're I'm so anxious. You should know. Oh, just to check in and to like yeah. extend the text. But men are just... I really... I don't mean to be like gender stereotype or whatever. But like, yeah, I they should just know to reach out. But you know what? They yes. don't. And then... And then also like I have said it before. I'll say it again. I'm going to refer to my boyfriend. I'm going to say the boyfriend. And he's British. I've said it a million times. It's not even a cultural thing. I do think it's a guy thing where, you know, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm feeling all these feelings. Blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? Did, did you? And, and just like wanting so much, like having such a high expectation that he's going to like chunky text me back and he's going to be really <laughs> emphatic and, you know, expressive. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. And then he'll be like, cool. And I'm like, I can't believe you just broke my heart. I want to slap in the goddamn face. <laughs> I thought you loved me. And the other day I texted him and we will get back to financial uh, advice. Yeah, we got derailed. We got a little bit derailed. That's uh, to be the name of my podcast. But uh, I, yeah, I, uh, we talked on the phone the other day at like, and we got on the phone at like 7.30 or 8. And then I felt like, oh, I haven't told him a few more things. I'm going to send him like five photos and a thing just to let him know everything that's going on in my head right now that he should be aware of, which he doesn't need to be aware of. And that was that. And he didn't respond because he was working and I knew he was going to be working. But then the next day rolls around. And you still didn't respond? No. I didn't ask for a response either. I was just yeah. like sending him stuff. And then the next day, logically, I'm like talking to my Lyft driver having a spiral. And I've been getting better about this in the last two weeks. I went... He's, he's an animator. He's an animation director. I was like, I know he's working. And when he works, he's like in his own world. He's animating. It's like, it's just, it's just such a boring scene. It's like, it's cool, but it's boring. Cause like I've been next to him while he's doing it. He's glazed over sitting on his gray couch, looking at a screen animating. And I knew that he wanted to finish something. He had a time deadline. And I went, he's probably going to call me as soon as he posts his animation on Instagram. But I start spiraling. Oh my God, who does he think he I can't believe this. Not even a not even a What was your Lyft driver saying? Was this a good Lyft driver? A good Lyft like heart therapist. She, yeah, she gave a great advice. She was like, You know all the answers. You're just you, so he's gonna call you. What else? Oh How is he good? What are the good things? And I'm like, he does this and we don't do that. We go on dates and we it's wonderful and blah blah. And he's this kind guy. And I already know from tons of experience of me freaking out and then me being like, Oh, this is the story that I'm telling myself, and this is the reality. He's working. He's not a girl. He's not like, and it's not his job to like hold my hand through validating me through every, it's like, I need to like chill out a little bit on the time. I should know what his vibe is and be like, yeah, we'll talk. 
I'll send him the photos later. I've gotten way better about chilling out if my husband's on set. Like, I, like, get that if you're on set, you are truly, like, you're not looking. I well, get it. Well, that's but, like, when work. he's when he's not on set and doesn't respond, that's when I freak out. Well, on set for your husband is he's, it's work. Yeah. So, yes. on set for my boyfriend is animating. It's yeah. like, so. But there's so, something about being with other people on a set where, like, are you telling, I, me, are you like telling me to break up my boyfriend right no. now? I can't believe it. He's, I saying, knew it. I'm saying it's easier for I think it's easier for me to be like, oh, you're with all these other people doing this very active thing versus sitting on a couch. Oh, sitting on a couch. Oh, my God. So you're saying he should have texted me back. I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't make me spiral. No, but then the, and then as soon as He's I got home. Like break through the door. No, no. Me. No, I shouldn't share all this because then will, I will spiral and out of control and be like, oh, my God. I can't believe because I'm, I'm not bummed on that anymore. He put his up his, his he put up his animation. Called me like ten seconds after he did it. Aww. And we talked, and I went, I sent you all these things, and he was like, Oh, my brain doesn't work when I'm working. And I was like, oh, Yeah, I know. And then that was that. But I like knew all the answers, and then uh, I don't even know what the point. Oh, yeah, but this constant like leash of communication, it's like irritating, it's and annoying, and having it's expectations tough. and being like, I don't know. Wow, now I feel horrible about our relationship. Oh God, don't feel horrible about your like, relationship. I'm like, my husband has a way of just like disappearing for long periods of time. So we could say that's in like a flaw, and I should break up with him. But no, I've made a legal commitment. Um, what are the other questions we're gonna oh, answer? Yeah. Okay, so I start with things nothing to do with money, and then we kind of ease into it. So, do you have any upcoming life changes that would impact your finances? Upcoming. So it might be like. Going back to school, big unusual trip, buying car, just like anything yes, that would I'm change your money life. Going to London and Paris for Christmas. Nice. And with your boyfriend? Yeah. And so going with him, I don't have a car. I lift everywhere. I'll rent a car if I want to go to Malibu and it's cheaper than lifting. Yeah. And then I can uh, major things. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to pitch shows, but that's no money guarantee. So it's like, I don't know. So yeah, just a big trip, a big trip. Maybe to New York in October, but but most likely London and Paris for December. Cool. In January, yeah. That sounds great. On a scale from 1 to 10, with 1 being terrible and 10 being fantastic, how do you feel about your current financial situation? And feels really important because... How do I feel about it? Yeah, because people like try to intellectualize this and be like, well, I know so-and-so has X, Y, and Z, and I'm comparing myself to her, so now I'm an 8 or I'm a 5 or whatever. Uh, no, I'm not going to do important. that. How do I feel? 1 to 10. Yeah. 1 being bad and 10 being, being good. Great. I think like 1. I feel one. bad. I feel bad because I have a life that I want to be nice and money gives you the freedom to do all the things you want to do. Yeah. I want to want it's for not nothing. Evil. Huh? It's not evil. It's not evil, which is I'm sure something you teach, right? Yep. Yeah, I don't think money's evil. But maybe I do subconsciously. I don't know. So yeah, there was like a moment in my life where I feel like I was making a lot of money and then there's a shift and then it wasn't like that anymore. And then I go, you know, and then money will come in and money will not. But it was, I don't know. I don't know if it's the industry or whatever the deal is, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to blame myself. But, um, like blame yourself for not having the consistency anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Like if it's like a, a, a sh- something in my, you know, after having Lacey Phillips on my podcast and stuff like that and holistic people and everything, yeah. just being like, oh my God, is it my belief system? Is it my self-worth or is it just a change? Cause I definitely know having made a lot of money in commercials now that everything kind of went rogue and people are not in, uh, 
they aren't members of SAG. Like they're doing non-union things and I'm union. So mm. work isn't as much. I didn't realize that. I, I was like, fuck, what happened? I wasn't really tuning into the fact that like, like the industry was actually the industry changing around you. actually changing where they're like, the deals are some, it's so much less money. Uh, you know, I don't know. Just because of like the internet and uh, deals that are being made. It's just like, yeah, it's just a different scene. Yeah. So, wait. Well, and that probably all happened without you really being aware that it was happening, right? Yeah. What was the question you asked before that? You said big trips and then what else? Any other life changes? Oh, no. I thought there was another thing you said. Mm. I'm getting confused. I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) But go on. Yeah. I'm usually typing frantically at this point, by the way. Oh, really? Where I'm keeping notes of everything. Um, Which helps me. Remember all the stuff? Yeah. Do you need to write anything down? No, okay. I'm too slow. Okay. Freehand. Okay. Much better typer. All right. Um, okay, so you're feeling a one. What's keeping you from a zero? What's like, what's... Oh, maybe a zero then. No. I'll go low. I, I was mean, trying to be positive here. Oh, well, and I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, my natural inclination is to go negative, but... Uh, like one, I oh, would that, assume That was the question you asked. That's yeah. what I was asking you, the, the number. Like that, that's what I was forgetting. You said oh, the major trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One implies like there's nowhere to go down, but you're in this lovely apartment with this beautiful like breeze coming through I, on a comfy couch. I feel like I'm irritated because I used to be better at saving money because a lot more money mm. was coming in. So I would put yep. like half of it away in my bank account and then I would have the other. I've always had a problem with spending at Target and a while back Forever 21 or just shopping in general. Like the yeah. more money I make, I had a tendency to like, spend if I make more and then which makes sense but subconsciously it's like I would just I'm all over the place now yeah, lifestyle tre- creep it's real it's a creep where it's like all of a sudden more money comes in and all of a sudden you're splurging more and I and then I wish when I wasn't making as much money I got really good at like you know not going to Whole Foods or Erewhon going to Trader Joe's realizing is it a want or a need and like just really like scaling it down and like being really grateful and happy to do that and then I and then I'll get a check now and I'll go and then I'll just be a little bit more lazy like you know and mm. I'll I'll buy something more so it st- still happens but uh, I'd like do to Do you think it's because you feel like even if things aren't coming in today that you really believe that things are coming in? Well, I've been trying to be positive like that and, and I do, lately I have been kind of subscribing to that and this is only in the last 2 weeks where I'm like oh money's coming in like it's interesting like which is how I used to be when I was in my early 20s and like very like Oh, I booked a commercial. I am going to book another one. I'd book like 20 commercials in a year and it'd be like so much money. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've been broke. I know what it's like to be broke. Money always comes. And now, and I have so many like portals for money to come in. And it's, it's always, it's like this weird game where it's like, let me see how low I can get in my bank account. And then money comes in and I'm like, I knew it. Like, yeah. And so that's something I struggle with all the time. So I also have inconsistent income and I, it's, I mean, it's not as inconsistent as it was when I started out for sure, but there are better months than other months. And I'm living month to month, which I don't like. I want to save money. It's too scary. I don't like it. It's exhausting. I want to put away for like a car and a house. There you go. Keep going. Yeah. So what does a 10 then, what would that look like for you? A 10, what would a 10 look like? Or maybe actually let's bring it down. What would an eight look like? All right. Here's what an eight looks like. Somehow $10,000 miraculously comes into my life. This could happen. Great. A listener, I could, I could be... Got it in my purse. Oh, do you? I, I would, I'm like, <laughs> where are the flowers? Is that why you forgot the flowers? Oh my God, I can't believe that. No. Um, this would make me happy. I don't know if this is an eight, 
But if I got $10,000 out of the blue in the next few days, and this is like a weird shout out to any patron saints of the Love Alexi podcast, if anybody wants to uh, really show their love for me or the show, um, you know, anyway, you can Venmo me at Alexi Wasser. But <laughs> I would love, like, I keep thinking like $10,000 right now at this point in my life would alleviate so much stress because I could pay off my tax debt, which is only like, oh my God, I'm really going to go there. I don't even care. I'm so happy you're willing to do this. $764 I owe to the IRS. I got to give it to them by October. Uh, so I put that off, but I struck a deal with them or not struck a deal, but like, you know, I, I worked the thing out. I, I love the image of you striking, striking a deal. Striking a deal. Like, I'm wearing like a like really lame dude in a brown suit. <gasps> yeah. I'm like, all right, what's the deal here? How are we going to do this? Um, like Tony Soprano style. But uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, I owe them at some point in October, like $764. So that's just like weighing. I've, I've got that time to get to it. I would love to just fucking pay that off, not worry about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, next tax year is going to come up in a... In a sure, you know, it a, does all the time. It's very what, annoying. Yeah, the bill, when I make bullshit banter with my Lyft drivers... And like the, the, sometimes, you know, oftentimes my Lyft driver will, will like try to explain why he's Lyft driving, which is like an ego thing. I, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm so proud of him for Lyft driving yeah. or her. That's, I'm not bummed out on them or judging them, but I know that they want to explain like, and then my, my reaction to that is, uh, my response is always, yep, the bills just keep coming. You know, they're relentless. And they're like, hey, that's the truth. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I, I feel like, because uh, it's true. And uh, you could start, there's something, some weird startup in LA where you walk with people. So I know you said you don't have a car. Yeah. I don't want to walk <laughs> you with could, people. You could be a walker. Isn't that strange? Oh, like, like I get paid to walk with people? I can't imagine that it pays well. I would pay to not walk with people. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to my Lyft driver, well, really. you just start like I don't walking wanna... next to random people on the street. I'm not that hard off. Oh my God. Off. Maybe I shouldn't have said zero. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't need, I, I don't want to be a walker. Actually, a walker is a term. Do you know what that means? No. A walker is a term, like an old timey term for like, um, like a gay man in the olden days who has had a lot, bunch of female friends and he would... Sorry, anybody who's listening, if I'm botching this and I'm totally wrong, just like DM me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser or send me an email to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Along with $10,000. Along with $10,000. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not kidding. But uh, anyway, a a walker was like a gay man in the olden days who would like walk with all these female friends and they'd walk and have a chat. And and one of my friends, uh, this guy, he's gay and he refers to himself as a walker. So funny. And oh, I think he wrote... He wrote something about being a walker using that reference. And that's how I learned what the, what it meant. So I think that's so fascinating. You learn something new every day. You learn something new every day. Okay. Um, so you're not going to be a walker for pay or a walker for not pay. I don't want to be a walker for pay. I'm a walker for not pay. That's how I, that's how I relax, (laughs) believe it or not. But, um, oh, we were saying living month to month. Yeah. What would it look like to alleviate the stress? Right. I want to pay off this like $764 Mm. IRS thing. I have like. $6,000 $6,000 worth of credit card debt to pay off that okay. I pay in increments like in $250, $250 a month. Man, we really get Is it them. all on one credit card? Yeah, I consolidated the card. Oh my God, it's not even on a credit card. It's like... To Is it a, it's, on like a personal loan? It's not even a personal loan I'm paying back. I'm paying back like... It's like when the credit card is like, hello, we've been trying to call you and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm running from the law. And now it's at a place... Where they're so like they a, debt, a debt it to a, a debt collector. It's a debt collector, everybody. I'm okay. just I'm human, just like you. Everybody yeah. else who's listening is like way better off. They're like debt collector, Alexi. Uh, we thought you had your shit together. They don't think I have my shit together. Anyway, also like no one has their shit together. No one has their shit yeah. together. You it's heard, a lie. You heard it here. We first would be more comfortable talking about money if we just accepted that no one 
is as put together as they seem. Well, good. And I also want to make sure I get to this with you uh, talking about money and relationships because that's important. my favorite topic. I can't wait. I'm going to put a pin in that. But yeah, like $6,000 debt for a credit card, $764 for the IRS. If I could get rid of that bullshit and then store up like just put $5,000 in my savings account. Yeah. That would just make me feel a little bit like, oh, I can... I can write and now I can pay my bills, even though my month to month thing is probably like between $2,500 yeah, right, and $6,000 a month, you know, yeah. for like everything I need for me to like feel like I'm living kind of a nice life. And I don't need much, you know, but I also don't want to want for anything. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, know. that makes total sense. Those are very reasonable. So that's where we're at. Okay. So then I'm gonna go kill myself. Once, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Once I get there, when we start talking about money, I often next start asking about family, mm-hmm. which I will you Don't can, stop. You, this, okay. This mock session is actually like what people want to hear because then they're like, great. Hey, I wanna do that. This I is know great. What it's gonna be like, okay, so did you talk about money growing up? Did we talk about money? Uh yeah. we were broke. I lived in an apartment with my dad and we talked about he was always like felt like he was like a grifter, this like freelance photographer, freelance photographer, working job to job, trying to really get, go after the money, getting fucked out of money if they used his photos without paying him. He's a photographer. Mm, and uh, yeah. Would he tell you about when that happened or was it just something you kind of knew from would, osmosis? He would tell me because I learned like if I saw, I knew what all his photos looked like pretty much. So if I would see a photo of his used in a magazine or a book or he'd be at a bookstore or whatever... I'd be like, Daddy, it's your photo. And then he'd have to go after the publication and, and he'd be like, oh, oh man, they're trying to fuck me over, man. Like, so I was always like, yeah, my dad's getting fucked over and like, he's got to hustle for his money. Like, and I think my dad did fancy things with me, taking me to New York, but we were, didn't have enough money for him, for him to go see Le Mis on Broadway with me, but he bought me a ticket. Oh. And then waited outside for me. That's oh, like probably the nicest thing I've ever said about my dad. That's so sweet. I know. That is really sweet. I'm like going to burst into tears here. But like he wanted me to know fancy special stuff. Went to gallery openings and stuff. But yeah, I think there, yeah, there wasn't, there's an idealization of like rich people. And yeah. I've always been surrounded by intense wealth in Los Angeles and yeah. in the city. But it doesn't mean I had a lot of money. And then my mom's a musician, but she would waitress and she would like have all these jobs and, and she was broke and we'd go to like pick and save and or like 99 cent store and stuff. And all my friends were having bar and bat mitzvahs all the time. And I'd be like, oh my God, we got to get another present. Oh my God. And another so outfit. So expensive. And I, I always felt poor. Like maybe I smelled poor or what does my apartment smell like when they come I over? I still think about my favorite outfit of all time was the outfit I wore to a bar mitzvah. Oh really? 13. Where were you born and raised? Oak Park, Illinois. Oh, my God. Do you know Oak Park? No, but it sounds fancy. I thought you were from Los Angeles. Oh, no. Oak Park, Park Illinois. Oak Park, Illinois. It's the first suburb west of Chicago. And then I lived in New Orleans for 15 years. 13 years. What? Excuse me. I'm not going to over-exaggerate. Don't over-exaggerate. Don't exaggerate at all. Wait. I've only been here for two years. Only. But what brought you to uh, My husband. Oh, to New Orleans. uh, Undergrad. And my mom's side of the family was from not New Orleans, northeast rural Louisiana, which is the opposite of New Orleans. Okay. What's that um, like? Is it like Southern Bible Belt? Is it like Southern Charm, New Orleans? Uh, <laughs> not, not New Orleans? 
<laughs> no, this is like my mom grew up in a household where there were no playing cards or board games, no dancing, oh the God. whole nine yards. Wow. Yeah. So you- like we weren't allowed to tell our granddad about some of our activities. Like I used to dance. Not, yeah. Not well. Oh, um, like, wait, so are your parents still together? No, my mom died seven years ago. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I still, you know, so, so funny. So I talk about loss all the time and I talk about loss as it relates to money a lot and still seven years in and I cannot figure out how to respond to the, I'm so sorry. I know. It's such a weird thing to say. I'm yeah. so sorry. Cause it's I like, usually, oh like, my God. crack a joke and I'm like, that's fucked up. No, it's just, <laughs> it's about like, if I thought about, I've thought about when my mom, if my, you know, when my mom dies and how I'm going to feel. And it's horrible. It makes yeah. me want to burst into tears when I think about yeah. that. So if you've already gone through there's no response. You need to make a joke. I feel bad. Let's move forward. Okay. okay. Oh God. I know. It's like a weird, it's like, yeah. yeah. It, so my favorite, I think one of the reasons I went into finance, which was a roundabout way. I started out as a high school social studies teacher. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I taught high school social studies for five years. That's so scary. I love teenagers. You do? Yeah. You're so brave. I would be terrified. I'd be like, hey, guys. Uh, oh, I'd, I'd be, be terrified <gasps> of junior high kids. No, you'd be fine because you're tall. Oh, really? I feel like yeah. I'd be like, hey, guys, uh, so what's cool? Uh, Pokemon? <laughs> and they'd be like, fuck you, idiot. And I'd be like, uh, but I'm like one of you but guys. Please, but please sit down. I know. I'd be like, I'm, I'm your cool teacher. And they'd be like, oh, beat it, dork. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. I loved it. Um, but... Uh, you don't get paid well yeah. being a high school teacher. And then my mom died and like everything changed in my life. And I was like, I don't want to do this forever. I don't want to be in a classroom forever, even if I love a lot of it. Um, and then went into finance from there. So went back to grad school, worked in traditional finance, um, financial what, advising, what and a, then started my company. Not to pry, but what about your pry mom? What, away. what about your mom passing? And is your dad around still? So my dad and I have a rocky relationship. Me too. Cool. With your with your dad and my dad. No, no, maybe just my dad someplace. Maybe the jerks. Just um, kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't know. I, you can talk badly about him. Well, so um, you have a bad relationship with your dad. Bad relationship with my dad. Same. We didn't have a bad relationship. Always, we did when I was growing up. Like he and I just butted heads always. And then our mom died. I'm saying our my sister and I are super close, and I find that I frequently talk about myself in a like we situation with her i wish i had a sister i would do that i wish you had a sister too they're the best or the worst apparently well i don't know but mine's great she sounds great um i've I've heard nothing about her so i can't really say that but she sounds great she's she's you like her okay keep going she's great so what was i gonna say oh relationship with my dad was great after our mom died i think because he was like trying really really hard to make up for the death of our mother and then did he kill her I'm sorry. That was a horrible <laughs> joke. That was a horrible joke. I'm not editing I mean, that out. I, think I mean, she would have welcomed it. Oh my! Oh no! Yeah. Okay, she had lung cancer. It's not oh, fun. Jesus Christ! And wasn't a smoker. Not a smoker. No. Well, your dad. My genetics are the best. Well, your dad was with her though, right? Yeah, and they loved each other. Yes. And he. Okay, so that this happened, and he wanted to be a good man for you and your yeah. sister. And then he started dating somebody. Oh no! Which my sister and I were very pro at first. You were? Yeah, he's still like That's nice of you to be pro. You know, he's tall. He's got all his hair. He's retired. What's yeah. he gonna do with his life? Yeah. How old is he? Um, sixty-nine. He's 60. 70. Really? Sixty-nine. 
Let's say 69. So it's more yeah, scintillating. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Um, yeah. We were pro, but she, yeah, we just don't get along. Doesn't, doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Which is pretty sad. Is she like younger than you? None of my business. No, I um, actually was, would have been happy with that. She's a, in, on paper, great lady. Yeah. And okay. practice we're makes heading. us cry a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. what do you mean? In practice? Like, I mean, on paper versus in real life. Oh. Yeah. I feel like we're heading towards territory where it's like, I'll get a text from you in a couple of days and you'll be like, hey, that part where I got really detailed, can you edit that out? Which I totally will do that. <laughs> but I just, no. have to, I just have to watch I actually myself. just had a thought process. I was like, is there any way my dad would hear this? He might. Because I don't know that he knows what a podcast is. That's what we think. And then all of a sudden, uh, his new wife or whatever, or whoever she is, is like... Uh, Women do all the work and then she'll bring it to the husband. That's true. So if you're listening, that's true. We don't, I don't even know you. Life is weird and crazy. Thank you for listening to the podcast and showing an interest. <laughs> and thanks for sharing with my dad. And Caroline. That's another listener. <laughs> that's another listener. Or make him download on his phone. Subscribe to the show. Helps the stats. And ho- helps the stats and follow us on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't say anything bad. And life is tricky and complicated. No. I, I fought with my mom's boyfriend or husband for a long time and only now it's only, it's been like, over 10 years and only now am I starting to be am I starting to like him and get along with him and oh that's good and before I was that like that gives Ugh. me some hope yeah I don't, and I'm like what took me so long and like I don't know I was just so angry and I'm not saying this is what you are at all because yeah. I'm talking about my own thing but about getting along with a parent's new person yeah it's just complicated that's all part it's of life it's super complicated but your mother passed away not to say yeah. that a million times but then what made what about that made you go I'm going to get into finance totally so I didn't think that immediately, but mom passing away basically just like pulled the rug out under my feet for life in general. And um, for those of you who are experiencing grief or have experienced grief or anybody, because you all will, um, it's not as simple as it seems. So it's a really messy situation. Like there would be days where I felt really good and there would be days where I felt really bad. I started developing a lot of panic attacks so I was teaching high school and I'd be in my classroom and then all of a sudden have a panic attack and be on my floor, which is not cool. That's how I would be if I were teaching teenagers. They're, ter- <laughs> they're terrifying. I'm telling you. But yes. um, yeah, so that was, I think a lot of it was the mental health aspect of it. So I had a lot of anxiety that I never had before. Um, that really hasn't gone away. Like I truly believe like my molecules inside my body have shifted because of her death. Yeah. Like I just have issues I did not have. And I don't think it's just like, oh, your mom died and you're sad. It's like, no, your mom died and everything fucking changes. Are you on anything for that or? I was on, no, not anymore. I was on anxiety. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. For my panic attacks for a while after she died. But I'm super sensitive to any drug. Yeah. And so I had to be on like an eighth of the dosage yeah. and I still couldn't drive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. So no. We seem like wine works. Wine works. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. I and do. then it doesn't. But yeah. a lot that. of therapy is actually what works. But anyway, therapy. so she died. All of a sudden I was like, I don't want to be in this room forever because you're literally tied to a room. And I would be at school at seven and not leave usually until seven. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, trying to have a life while also you work like an hour or two at least every day after school. And then I was always working weekends. Um, Were you with your husband then? I was with, yeah, he was my boyfriend at the time. Um, 
I taught nine different courses in five years. Oh my God. So like there's just no time to breathe. So I realized after her death that that was not the lifestyle I wanted and went back to get my MBA because MBAs are great for basically anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Like no one's going to be upset with you for having an MBA. Yeah. And it's a silly school experience. Like we went on trips. We went to Argentina and China. What do you study? Italy. Oh, Italy. God. While getting your MBA. And like, and that's like pretty typical. Where else did you go? Anywhere else? Those are the three trips we took as a class. But it was like the entire class would go on these trips. What are you studying? Well, supposedly on the trips, you're like doing projects with local companies. Yeah. But like really, you're just chilling with your friends. Oh my God. (laughs) I should have gone to college. I can't believe this. Yeah. Well, specifically MBA, it's a good skip. So I did that kind of as like, I just have to stop teaching. I just cannot be in the classroom anymore. And if I go back to school, then I'm buying myself some time. And it's not like a waste of time because I'll have letters. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. And then and you were intrigued by finance because that like a continue. No, like, I hated finance. So my dad worked for HSBC, which is giant bank. I know the bank. Um, yeah, it's big. It's every airport. Yeah. Uh, and is it a British bank? Yeah, it is. I have a British boyfriend. Hong Kong, Shanghai bank. Oh, it's British. Got it. And I don't know how that ends up being HSBC. I have no idea what that stands for. No, supposedly Hong Kong, Shanghai, but I don't know how that works. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. But I could also not remember that correctly. Well, your dad works for them. Yeah, so he worked for them and I was super turned off by it. Like, I hated it. I'm the, like, poster child of someone who I think until five years ago, no one would have ever thought I would have been in finance. Like. I racked up credit card debt all the time. Like I have one of my best friends growing up. I always wanted to work in nonprofits and I would like be really passionate about it and talk about how I was going to do all this work and not get paid anything. And he would be like, Caroline, your jeans cost $150. Like this isn't going to work. And that was when we were like 15. Yeah. And I still think about that all the time. I'm like, ah, he was right. Brendan was right. Brendan was right. And now yeah. this is your but now this is your job. And now it's my job. Oh, crazy. Yeah. But I my belief is that we don't have to like live in a world where we don't get the things we want. We just yeah. have to figure out how to do that right. Yeah. And my going back to school and working in finance, I got the skills and the knowledge I needed to be able to figure that out. And then I was like, fuck, I want to give this to other people because it's not actually that hard not that hard it's about like unlearning habits and things that we've been taught from a very young age and then it's about being strategic and like being willing to ask questions what you said in the very beginning well let's get me there to to a better place because what else happens in our mock session that's actually a real session that we're having yeah a real session a real session yeah so from there you know my debt you know where i want to be or what my goals are, big trips, what else do I need yeah, to tell so you? Yeah, so then I ask you about like actual dollars and cents, rough dollars, but you've already given me a bunch of them. So oh, you've about talked about You've talked about debt. I don't want to say what's in my bank account, though. That's, That's too totally much. That's totally fine. Okay, keep going. So I'll ask like about how much you make a year. I'll ask. I'm not going to answer that on the podcast. Totally fine. I'm not going to say what's in my bank account, what I make a year, but keep going. I ask if you have any like investments or retirement savings. I know that uh, I don't have any investments. I savings. I have like I'm gonna have Social Security because I'm a, so, so sad. 
because of the Good. motion picture or whatever. Yeah. Industry. Okay, so there's that. Yeah. I'm not sure where they're at, that's at right now. I also ask if you expect to have any family-related money issues, either now or in the future. So that would what be things like, I know that I'm going to take care of my mom later in life. Oh, my God. Or I know I have this cousin who's constantly showing up at my door oh, no. or whatever it is. Uh, I love my mom. My mom's like 61 or 62 years old. She has a great husband. Hopefully... Who you like now. Who I like. Yes, Yay. he's wonderful. And uh, he loves her so much. And they have so much fun together. Um, and I think they, they take care of one another. And his whole family and sons. And they're all wonderful. So, I'm, but I'm totally going to be the one who's like, my mom needs me. I'm going to help her. Yeah. So, but I mean, she has like a nice support system. But mainly it's me because I'm an only child. Mm. But she does have this great man in her life. So I don't know what's going to happen. And then my dad is like 80 something. So he's older than my mom, and I haven't talked to him in a while. I called him for the first time in a long time, but we're not in a good place at all. We're just like, in, we're yeah. nowhere. We're, we're like nowhere. He's like told me I'm not his daughter, oh, and no. uh, blah, blah, blah. And what our pattern used to be would be like he'd be at the hospital if something would happen, a heart thing or whatever would happen, he'd have a stroke or something. And then he would call me after we hadn't spoken for like two years. And he'd be like, I'm at the hospital, man. I'm going to kick. I'm going to die. You know, and I'd run to his aid. Is but he here? I, he's in L.A. somewhere. He's like in Westwood somewhere, I think. Yeah. Like, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I, I know that he's either going to. Uh, I don't think I'm the person he's going to call for help. But okay. I'm, ha- I'm happy if he is. I yeah. will go there in an instant, even though we don't get along at all. Isn't it funny how blood works that way? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be around him because he's so toxic while he's alive. But if he's on his deathbed, I'm happy to help. And uh, just (laughs) I'm happy to help. And then... uh, It's quieter. It's quieter and just more like, you know, I don't want him to suffer or anything. And then I don't know, as far as like money and death is concerned, I'm just getting morbid. But like, I don't know if he has money he would give me when he dies. And same with my mom. Uh... And then also I probably got written out of whatever will my dad had. Yeah. Because I'm his only daughter. So, but I think he's so angry at me and doesn't like me that I would have been written out. So that's a bummer. Anyway. And, and, uh, but I probably would have to like organize all his photos and go through all of them and manage his like. Do all the work with no. Well, no, but he's a fine art photographer. But if I'm still in the will and I'm the, the person to oversee all that, that would be a big treacherous kind of, but important and something thing to do and I would do it have to like go through he's a photographer and he has he has a book out and he has like all these really well-known photos and stuff so it would be my stressful job to like organize that if if I'm still if I'm still going to be given that job in his will yeah and if I am yeah then I'd be I oversee the but I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know when I'm going to get the call that he died I'm not I don't know who has the will I don't know if he changed the will I used to be uh, whatever that's very deep anyway but my favorite will story, my my birthday is November twelfth. Just preparing listeners for presents. Actually, I really yeah. don't. I really don't like birthdays. November twelfth. Um, yeah. November twelfth. Scorpio. S- yeah. All oh, right. I don't know what that means. But I don't know what it means yeah. either. Um, and my dad. This was years ago. Now it was after my mom died, though. My dad sent me this big envelope in the mail, and it was like came. I don't know, a day or two before my birthday. And I was like, ooh, birthday, fun. Yeah. Opened it, hits his will. He gives like not even a letter, cover letter, like nothing being like, hey, this is what I'm sending you. No warning. I'm like, 
That's the worst fucking birthday present of all time. But that's responsible. <laughs> I guess. Does he leave you stuff? Why are you, um, get, you getting a pre-will? Th- then my sister and I would have split stuff. I don't, but was, I haven't spoken to him a long time. You haven't so. spoken to him a long, what's a long time? Uh, six months. Six so months. not like that long. That's nothing. But Get behind me. Okay. <laughs> long <laughs> enough. What is that? Do you hear that car peeling out? Yeah. What just happened? I feel like I could smell their tires burning. Me too. Is my yeah. house... Wait, hold on one second. Is your house burning? Hold on one second. I feel like that was the actual tires. That's the tires burning. It smells like rubber. That was Wills, yeah, death, money, yeah, all the good stuff. Oh, but oh. I was gonna say that um, I think one reason my mother's death brought me to financial coaching. All you ever was, do is talk about your mom's death now. I, I can't believe. No, yeah, I'm, just kidding, I'm, just I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I make harp on it. I think it is something that people know. I think they're like, oh yeah, Caroline, her mom's dead. I'm totally joking. I'm like, I'm gonna talk about it all the time. No, I just had to make a bad joke because that's how I deal with uncomfortable situations. Just like making a totally inappropriate joke, yeah. and then it would be even better if you hadn't, if you had just like not said anything, and then I could have been like, <laughs> Silence. Oh, hello. yeah, where you're, you're like make not you really fucking. I know, God. No, but I think her death made me realize that the hard things to talk about are so important to talk about. So death is one of them. I don't want to spend all day, every day talking about death, even though it's really important. Um, Sex, another really important one. Money. Money. Money, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do still want to know about talking about money and relationships, but walk me through. Okay, so the end of the session. Yeah? Okay, yeah. The end of the session. We'll talk about that. So this is just, this is what I call a clarity session. And it's just our like intro to figure out next steps. So we work on what your actual goals are. Oh, oh, and I want, Mm. I do want kids. Oh, good. I want one kid, but I hope I don't age out of having a kid. Yeah. Do you want kids? I do want kids. Yeah. Well, it's complicated. It's complicated. I know life is complicated. It's so funny. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. I want a kid. I want to buy a house, I think. I want a kid. Do you really want to buy a house? I'm always so curious. You know what? I actually kind of don't because I have such a great rent situation happening now. And I don't even necessarily, I don't even necessarily want to move in with my boyfriend right now or like, because I'm like, I think it's kind of sexy. I know I'm going off on a tangent real quick, but like, uh, I think it's kind of sexy to have your own space. Yeah, totally. And then I say that, but my husband and I moved in after like a week. You did? Yeah. Oh my God. See, that's what I think like how it's supposed to be. Even though, I don't know. even though, I, but like I've been in mine for like about a year and a half and I'm like, I've only lived with one guy in my life and we, we lived together for five years and we kind of moved in. I don't know when we did. He would just always be at my house when he was in LA because he was always on tour. So it was like a band weird, it was a weird situation. Other than that, I'm just going off on this real quick. It's a total aside, but I feel like we're meeting, we're becoming girlfriends. I don't know. We, yeah. I'm just we're having a chat. But I remember I had dated a guy, I dated him for about a year and I really did love him. And he was like my best friend. The first time I've really had a best friend, boyfriend. Mm. And he's someone who like, was like, you should write, a, you should start a blog. And I started this blog because I'm boy crazy a long time ago because he was like, you've got all these stories. You should write them out. And anyway, it's very important relationship. And I remember like a few months into the relationship, he like genuinely brought it up to, he was like that he wanted to move in with me. And I just laughed because that was totally, to me, that was like the worst thing in the world. And I thought he was joking. And then I realized like later. Like the worst thing in the world to live with a, with a boyfriend? Yeah, I was like, 
even though I'd lived with my guy that I dated for five years prior to this year long relationship. Well, is that why you thought it was the worst thing in the world though? Because well, it was ended up being bad? Maybe, but I just kind of like didn't take him seriously. I think I was so good how it was. Yeah. And I just was like, it's too soon. Or I don't even know. I must have been so. Did you I hurt his feelings? I think I did. And I didn't even realize at the time because he like put himself out there. Because I think every girl's dream, I'm generalizing, and this is not completely true, is to like be asked by the guy to move in. Yeah. And it's sweet. It's sweet. You're wanted. And now, you know, I feel like maybe I'm a lot weaker in this relationship or I love him more. I don't know what the fuck. And we've taught this new guy, this new guy, my current boyfriend, new guy of a year and a half, new guy. Uh, we've talked about living together and that's like, you know, we have, we have, we talk about the future and what, that we're moving yeah. toward. You know, it's not like where it's like, we're not discussing those things, but you know, he hasn't asked me to, and I haven't asked to because I feel like I want to set my life up financially where I'm not like living with another person that I'm like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm freaked out about rent and I've got to tell another person that I'm in, I'm living with that. Yeah. That's embarrassing. I'd rather like su- quietly suffer and man, man it be like, <laughs> Oh fuck, I'm a little freaked out about rent on my own where it just involves me in my, and my landlord as yeah. opposed to like, Oh my God, I don't want to let this wonderful hunk down. Who's, you know, I just don't want to show cause it's, yeah. So I feel like I'd be more comfortable if I had like 50 to 150 to 250 to 500,000 dollars in my bank account. So I, mean, I asked about like if you really want to buy a house. I think people just assume you're supposed to in. want. It's like I assume I'm supposed to want this. I'm supposed to want to move in with my boyfriend. I'm supposed to want to get married. Yeah. I'm supposed to want to have kids. Yes. And th- that's crazy. Thank you for saying that. I'm so glad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of clients come to me with the, what they think their goal is, is like, I just want to buy a house. And then we start getting really into, and it's like, you don't want to buy a house. You just want to live in a place you really love. And you're not willing to spend the money on rent that you would have to spend to live in the place you really love because you've gotten it in your head that rent is a waste of money. When like, if you don't want to do the stuff you have to do to own a house, like if you don't want to take care of the house or if you don't want to be tied to a place yes. for years, oh my God, yes. then you shouldn't buy the house. You should just p- spend the money on rent. That's why I get so confused. I'm not really confused at all, but my place here, mm-hmm. I love it. I feel safe. Yeah. I, I love that it's, I'm, I'm not going to say where you live, yeah. but I love that it's a walk up. Like that you're not on the first floor. I'm not on the that first floor. That would make floor. me feel safe as a I, yeah, as a woman by myself. Yeah, I always have a strong hunky man though sleeping over. So don't even try to come here, whoever you are out there, um, <laughs> weirdos. But uh, yeah, I love that it's yeah, it's a upper hardwood floors. It's yeah, a, it's a you know great neighborhood. I can walk to a million different places. My rent is like, I charge one twenty five for my parking spots. I don't have a car. My rent is like. Sixteen hundred dollars, amazing. Minus the one twenty-five, so it's like you know you did the math. I'm yeah, math. but uh, that's so it's so brilliant in so LA. It is, isn't it? Yeah, one bedroom, one bathroom, bathtub, like big kitchen. I like having people over, and I'm starting to get to a point in my life where I'm like, oh, I want to like change things. So I want to make it more like I'm putting patio furniture out there. I'm gonna like I'm gonna use as they would say in like queer eye for the straight guy. I'm gonna utilize the space. Yeah, I'm gonna make it, and I've never wanted to zhuzh it up a little bit. I'm gonna zhuzh it up. I have (laughs) I have a plant from the boyfriend, and I bought my own plant over there. Like I'm starting to buy plants. Like I just I'm I'm you know I bought a rug not that long ago. I've got a lot of changes to make, but I don't. It's like I don't feel like I'm spending what a mortgage would be. Yeah, you know, like so if I'm yeah, it's like under sixteen hundred. Maybe it's like 
I don't know. I mean, whatever. Um, yeah. So I yeah. feel like that's great. And then I can rent it out if I go out of town. Right. And that, and then I could stay at my boyfriend's house if that turns into, anyway, blah, blah, I'm rambling, but so go No, on. but it's good that you're in touch in, enough with what you actually want and your desires because people make money decisions all the time based on what other people expect from them. And those are awful money decisions. Well, why would I want to buy a house? Because I hear the reason I might want to buy a house. Well, if I had a lot of money to put a big down payment on, uh, like a 30% down payment on a house. Yeah. And low mortgage. And then also, I don't know. Why do we need, because I like this place because it's like if there's a problem, landlord, the landlord will come fix the thing. Right. I don't, you don't have to deal. I don't have to worry about a pool maintenance situation <laughs> or like the, uh, you know, the gardener. That's not my business. Yeah. So why should one, why, what's a good reason for somebody to want to buy a house? Well, I think, so first of all, I do own a house, but not in LA. Stop bragging. Um, okay, I just don't want to be like, hey, yeah. shit on people owning houses. Of course but not. I, but I do own one. Yeah, good. Um, I own a house in New Orleans, which I lived in for like six months before we moved to LA. That was a financial decision that's worked out fine. But there was a moment there I was like, oh my God, terrible, terrible idea. You're not supposed to buy a house and then leave. But don't you rent it out and then make money and that yeah. pays the mortgage? Yeah, it ended up being fine. Great. Um, okay, so own a house there. There are legitimate reasons for wanting to buy a house. So like one, if you actually want to like change things about where you live and you wouldn't be able to do that in a rental, yeah. that might be worth it depending on what you really care about. Um, if you, if that's something that makes you feel more safe, like some people just have like an inherent feeling about like, I own this. This is an asset that someone can't take away from me once you paid off the mortgage. Because if you haven't paid off the mortgage, they absolutely can take it away from you. Yeah, that's, um, that's a really good point. But if it was point. paid off and you're no longer want to work or no longer able to work, like to not have to pay a monthly fee is huge. That's a beautiful goal, yes. Um, but the something. truth of the matter is like most people never pay off their homes. They most people... Don't have a mortgage and then move and get a new mortgage before they ever come close to paying off their house. Do you have to pay off the rest of the mortgage before? Yeah. So it does a little, um, making hand motions, no, I which love it. no one can that's see, okay. but you, I, that's okay. Right. So if whatever you still owe on the house, then just gets taken out of with, um, the price of the sale. Got it. Yeah. So those are the reasons to buy a house. Yeah. For a movie star. And I think in LA, you're buying a house. You're buying a house. Why wouldn't you? You got to put that money somewhere. Status symbol. Isn't it a tax write-off or no? Um, I'm not an accountant. Okay. Oh my God. I won't go there. There there are ways for things to be tax write-offs. All right. I'll be nice and vague about that one. Well, that's good. Oh, why? Because it's too dangerous to talk about stuff like that? I just don't like talking about tax tax law because it's like, it's... I know more than most people. I do also think it's really boring. Yeah. But just because I know more than most people doesn't mean I'm an expert. And there's so many little like loopholes and like, well, if you're an S corp, yada, yada, yada. If you're like, there's just too many. There are are like masters of that. And you should hear from those people because yeah, they will find the loopholes. Yeah. Got it. You're a tax person that you said earlier. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's great. Um, Everyone needs one. So that's not quite true, but most people do. I think they do. Um, what are the other questions in the mock sesh? Okay. So then at this point, we start narrowing down to goals. And I look back through my notes that don't exist, but they exist in my head. 
and start talking about like the things I'm noticing coming up again and again. So like one thing I'll say that I noticed was like security for you and maybe it's a dollar amount specifically like in savings, but just feeling like things can't move underneath you. Yes. Um, That's the biggest problem in my relationship, feeling secure. Why do you think I want him to respond to those texts? Yeah. It's a feeling of security. It all ties into each other. It all ties in. Because you know what? Like money is not a separate thing. It's who we are and how we live our world, our lives. Okay. So the security for you, I think for one thing is like getting out of that debt, like finishing that debt and also figuring out what got you not so much the IRS debt, but the credit card debt. Like how did that happen in the first oh place? My God, yeah. And then what are the things that can be changed and modified in your habits and in the way you think through money decisions so that you don't do that again? I will say I have done like roller coaster credit card debt for many years before I went into finance. And then I was like, Oh, I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on fees. Cool. Yeah. And I didn't realize what was going on. I don't have a credit card now. I'm um, just all, I only have a debit card. Yeah. And I'm just keeping my life really simple. Does that feel good? It does feel good, except sometimes I'll use my PayPal account credit card when I'm like, I need to buy that from Madewell or Uniqlo. Because I don't, I don't just go to a fancy thing. I just Uniqlo, Madewell. That's pretty much it. Everlane. Everlane. Yeah. Highbrow thing at Target. Highbrow looking thing at Target. Um, <laughs> yeah. Vans. Yeah. So. So it's about like getting out of the debt, doing the savings and really walking you through the process of what that looks like, because there's lots of correct ways to do that. But most people need help figuring out like what is the correct way for them. And so part of what I do when I'm doing like an actual coaching session, which would be the next session after this is bringing to the table, like here are some options that all work well. Let's talk about like what would actually look like for you in your life. And if there's A, B, and C, once we've talked through them, it might be really clear that like A is a no-go. It's not going to work for you. But B and C should be on the table. And then we try it out. And I'm there as like friend, accountability buddy. I check in with you. Yeah, I'm like there whenever you have questions. For some people, that means like opening bills together. For some people, that means like I'm going to Target. Oh, and me being like, that's me. Are you going to Target? Well, that's the thing I get so confused about because I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not buying outlandish things, and rarely am I paying for. You know, I don't know. I'm not traveling a ton and paying for hotels, and yet I do sometimes. I guess my point is, I'm like, oh, I could save my money, or I could buy a thing that makes me happy now. Yeah. Like, what is the middle ground where? I don't know. But then also I don't have the money to buy like super fancy things. And I, and so I'll, I'll buy things in dribs and drabs where I'll be like, oh, like I, my money. So now I can buy a tennis racket. Like, uh, and then I don't even know what my point is here, but I'll, I'll be That's like. such a good aspirational purchase. Uh, yeah. Well, I bought, I bought a tennis because I'm like, oh, I have all these things I want, but then I'll go, okay, I'll get this now. And then a few months yeah. later I'll get this. And then I eventually have everything I ever wanted. But it's just like. But then annoyingly, there's like a. There's a new more thing. things come on the list. More things come on the list. Oh, and then the worst. It's nonstop. It's yeah. nonstop. And then, um, but I don't have any weird like, I don't buy jewelry. Also, because I can't afford it. But I'm not like, I love Trader Joe's flowers. I've like learned the, the blessing of being broke was that I like learned what I want versus what I need, and then how much cool stuff you can find for really cheap. Yeah, and I learned how to got get creative. Corners, got creative. Like I'm cooking more. Or I'm like. Trader Joe's instead of Whole Foods. I said that a million times, but like, I don't know. And I don't need that much stuff. Yeah. Well, most of us have 
some sort of blind spot. So like for me personally, it's the Target. grocery store. Oh, mine's if I'm Target. at the grocery store, I'm like, okay, anything here is a good thing to buy you're because not eating I'm out. at the grocery store, yes, right? Exactly. So then I'm like, oh, look at these like artisanal olives. They look delicious. I love I'm the- going to spend $14 on those, where right? Do you, where do you shop? Bristol Farms? Um, no. So I'm on the east side. I go to 365. See, I like 365. I like 365 a lot. I have and other then people I, who don't like it because they really? say it's, it's all generic and it's not Whole Foods. I think it's Whole Foods. It's just Whole Foods, right? And it's cheaper because it's the 365 brand. Yeah. There's or there are options. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. I'm less likely to make um, bad choices. Bad there? choices at 365 versus Whole Foods, and then the farmers market, Atwater Farmers Market. Oh, that sounds expensive. buy a lot of stuff there. Yeah, that sounds like a problem. Um, farmers no, market. No, it's usually stuff. it's usually less expensive. Really? Yeah. If oh. you're buying the seasonal stuff. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, okay. you can do it in a way that's very expensive. Sure for figure, sure. I'm sure I could figure out a way. For sure. But, but there's a way to do it less expensive. And then I'm not a big meat eater, but my husband is. And we, I don't know, maybe in like February, stopped buying meat at grocery stores and just now go to the butcher. So we go to, for those of you on the east side, McCall's Butcher. It is way more expensive than buying at a grocery store, but we eat way less meat because the quality is so good that like some salmon from there is worth not eating meat every day. Wow. And okay. I would have, I would just be a vegan if I didn't live with him, but I do live with him. So oh I'm not a vegan. So that's on Hillhurst, right? McConnell's? Yeah. Or what's it called? McCall's. McCall's. Oh, eating out is a blind sight. Yeah. Well, blind spot for, yeah. I wouldn't even say for me, it's for my boyfriend. It's like, and that impacts you. Impacts me because he needs to be saving his money so we can build a life for ourselves. No, um, you know, to have this baby, to have this baby. Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! It's hilarious. No pressure. If he ever returns my text, okay, just kidding. <laughs> I was like thinking. I was I like, feel like parenting is easier from one home. Oh but, yeah, that's true. No, no, done. I, we will live together because I'm going to end up making so much money. I'm going to sell all these shows. I'm yeah. going to get all these big sister sessions. My patron saint is going to just like all of a sudden I'm going to be wired like fifty thousand. I mean, by the time I walk out, there's going to be ten more grand in I your bank account. I can't believe it. Banging the door down. Um, but yeah, wait. What was I even going to say? Something about McConnell's, this and that. Oh yeah, I do tell him because you know he's trying to be smart with his money. He's not a yeah. he's not a billionaire, not even a millionaire. And uh, <laughs> and yet I still date him. <laughs> But uh, he's a wonderful guy. But I always say to him, because he's smart with money and he's not like a wild man when it comes to money. Um, And I always say, like, this is where your blind spot is. I don't use blind spot. I'm just copying you. But that's what I mean. I'm like, you're ordering takeout or caviar or like not eating caviar, but like the caviar, the app. Okay. Yeah. So, and I was like, if you want to save money, like make pasta. Like, you know, like I have my like my pasta from Trader Joe's and my whatever, blah, blah, like but that is hard to do. And he's like starving and he's a, you know, a tall guy. He gets low blood sugar. He's like, oh, I'm just going to order this thing. It's so much easier. And then if I'm with him, I'm like, yeah, order something. Right. <laughs> I'm not paying. fun. I know. It sounds fun. <laughs> I'm starting to pay more. And uh, you know what? I'm hating it. Just kidding. Are you, are y'all good at talking about money together? Uh, usually it's when we fight and he's like, and I pay for everything and you're still mean oh, to me. No. no, he never said that. He actually did say that. But, um, and I'm, and then I turn it and I go, I turn it around and I go, oh my God, that's so tacky. You're complaining about paying for stuff. And he goes, I'm not complaining. You can just be very mean and harsh and all this stuff. And it makes me think you're just not grateful for anything. You're just mean, make, you just seem like he does all this stuff to make me happy. And then I still manage to find ways to be mad at him and like irritated. Yeah. Where he can do all these wonderful things, bring me flowers, take me to museums and go to Malibu. We have picnics and beautiful everything. And then I'll be like, 
oh my God, you didn't respond to my text because you were working? What a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and he just wishes I would just like pay attention to all the good things of which there are many. So I'm learning how to do that. But what was my point? Oh, eating out. Cap- no, no, are, what are we saying? good about talking about money. Oh, are we good about talking about money? Um, uh, we're getting there. And I'm also, and tell me what you think about this, but I, I want you to say what I want you to say, but you're your own person. So you might writing it down. So I know. Oh, I mean, (laughs) well, no, I'm starting. This goes against everything I stand for as a, okay. He, we've been, it's been a year and a half. He's taken me on a lot of trips. I've met his parents. We've gone to Paris. We've gone to London. Going back soon. Going back soon, which brings me to a money situation. He paid for my flight to London and for all the things, blah, blah, you know, he paid for a flight of mine to like New York. He takes me out to dinner. He buys me flowers. He pays for the majority of things. And now I'm starting to make an effort because it's my way of like showing that I care or like wanting to be equal yeah. with him. I'm starting to make more of a financial effort with him. And part of me is very resentful or, or at the beginning was like, at the beginning, it is totally the beginning. But at the beginning, I was like, what are you doing? Uh, like the man should pay for it. This is really fucked up, everybody, what I'm saying, but you've heard me say fucked up stuff, whatever, and I'm just being honest and real, so whatever. And a lot of us have been in our heads. Have it in our heads. Including me some of the time, so okay. it's fine. Well, good, because, yeah. The We're very, taught this from very, very young ages. It's, it's a societal thing, so, yeah, so it's good to say, like, the very personal because the personal is universal, and so, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm starting, and I don't know, did you have to... You know who Lacey Phillips is, right? Yeah. Okay, so good. We're speaking the same language. For those of you listening who don't know who Lacey Phillips is, she's like a holistic manifestation advisor person who, I don't know, I've said enough. Anyway, so she's been on my podcast twice. I talk to her because sometimes I'll just have the luxury of texting her real quick or sending a voice note. We send a voice note back and forth. And she even said something kind of magical. She said, because I think the man should pay. The man should pay for everything. My girlfriends have rich boyfriends, rich, successful boyfriends, and... But the funny thing is, and I'll get back to my Lacey point, I'm going on a spiral, but just go with me on this. It will make all sense. It will make sense. I've never met the rich guy or the rich famous guy who I thought would like, you know, make me feel secure financially and and all my problems would go away. I've never found a guy like that where it turns into a thing where it's like he owns me. It's like he owns me. And yeah. And sure, it's nice to be like, my boyfriend's rich or my husband's rich. or I'm going to, you know, and I watch all these Real Housewives shows and blah, blah, and these lifestyles that these people have. And I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in Hollywood. I'm in West Hollywood, Tinseltown, where you see like great wealth and fame and fortune and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm in this relationship with this lovely man, great morals, would never cheat, handsome, great pheromones. Uh, we're just like wonderful chemistry, just a good, solid person. Like I'm way more sinister than he could ever be. Like I'm like very intense. The things I've done in this relationship and whatever. So that's really important that you find somebody that you can trust. Right. You have great right. sex with, you laugh with, he's got great style. Like I even did this thing where, please go with me on this journey. I'm sorry. I know I'm, I'm talking with a lot. you. Totally with you. I even was really pissed off two weeks ago. Like before my last, I put my last podcast out where I was like weeping in the intro before I did this, podcast I was like I don't know if I even want to be in a relationship it's too hard for me emotionally it's too hard I was a little worried I was going to show up and be like we, we broke, broke it up. up oh no we're like <laughs> we're good we're good I'm doing the work I've decided to move forward and like do the work I need to do and make myself be responsible for my own happiness and all this stuff but this does tie to money in a bit and I will throw it back to you but I'm just going on this tangential journey for the moment uh okay 
I, yeah, I was thinking like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know if I can do a relationship. It's too fucking hard. I should just get out. Not because he's not great, but because it's too much suffering for me to try to get myself self to a place I need to be to have a healthy relationship mm. because I just make the guy responsible for my yeah. happiness. Like everything, like I have so much shit to do, but instead I'm going to worry about a text. Instead I'm going to be like, Hey, I wonder what he might be doing wrong. Like I like to like wrap myself up on in guy issues to keep me from doing lots of cool shit. And there's so much cool shit to ha- to be done. Yeah. Then, that first answer to the question when I was doing all these things. Yeah. Right. And I feel like being on Prozac for two weeks and be really taking not to be pushing like uh, antidepressants. I'm, I used to be so anti-antidepressants, but now I'm just saying like I'm very excited about this weird antidepressant journey I'm going on for myself. So it's about me. How dare you? Anyway, um, I'm really trying to take my life and my mood and my happiness in my own hands so I can just know how to be in something. So I can be a whole person with another yeah. person and walk with someone and not make somebody else miserable for them wanting to have their own life. Because... Like, if you were my boyfriend, I know you're a beautiful woman. If you were my boyfriend and you were like, hey, Lexi, um, I'm pitching. I'm a cute boyfriend. I know you're such a babe. I know. <laughs> if you were like, oh, I'm pitching on this job or I'm going to co- coach someone and like they're flying me to London or they're flying me to New York, you'd be excited about this opportunity. Yeah. Right? And we're in love. We're in married. We're in a relationship. <laughs> and you're like telling me as your partner. Yeah. You want a partner who goes oh my God, it's so great. I hope you get it. Like, I love you. I'm going to miss you. But like, I love you. Maybe I'll go too. But I love you. I love you. I love yeah, you. Like, yeah. let's be strong in the situation. I'm, I'm already morphing into like my weak vulnerability. My response to a partner immediately is, oh my God, what? When are you leaving? Oh, really? Aww. Oh God. I mean, will you even take me with you? Like, do you want to? He's like, I haven't even gotten the job yet. Yeah. I don't even know. This is even, very preliminary. Even if he did want me to go with that reaction, you're like, ooh, like... So I'm not like, I'm like trying to control. I, I get very desperate. I get very like, you're leaving me. And he hasn't left me. It's been a year and a half. He, yeah. probably, he probably should have. But I, so I'm trying to get to a point where I'm like, well, I'm going to miss you. I love you so much. I hope you get the job. And remember, like he hasn't even gotten the job. Deal with your weirdness when he gets the job. But you want him to get the job because yeah. it's for the greater good of everybody. His happiness makes me happy. My happiness makes him happy. Who wants to be that person? If I got, if I booked a TV show or do, doing some show where I'm traveling, I was whatever, just going to say, you could have the exact same thing and you'd be so upset with him if he if responded he was like, that way. What do you do? I've had boyfriends like that and it makes me go, fuck you, you yeah. fucking like dick. Like, like yeah. it's horrible. It's so much cooler to be like, oh, cool, thrive. Like, go do your thing and then we'll talk. It's like so much sexier. So I'm trying to learn how to be that. But I've never been so in love in my entire life. I've never been this age in a relationship. Blah, blah, blah. There was a point. I will get back to it. Oh, so I've been contributing to the relationship lately just to be like making an effort so he feels appreciated and to mm-hmm. and that I've noticed is what Lacey said. She was like, you'll notice when you make more contributions, money will come into your life. I don't know if you believe in this and whatever, but I and I was like bitter. I was like, ugh, but I don't he's a man. He's supposed to pay. I don't believe that. And I don't want to subscribe to that. I don't want him to get used to me paying 50-50. That sounds unromantic and not sexy and gross. But I notice it makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. It's so weird. I and hate that I'm saying this. And when you feel better about yourself, you're more likely to make money. And I So noticed. I don't know that, I don't know that I like dive headfirst into manifestation. Yeah, yeah. In every way. Totally. But like, absolutely, when you feel better about yourself, you are better at the work you do and therefore you're better at making money. I. It's crazy. And you're better at making decisions, right? Like, when I was really upset with my husband because I didn't know where he was and I had gone into like spiral mode of like, do I need to start calling hospitals? Yeah. What could be wrong? 
Um, I like immediately went to my phone and started just like putting things in a cart. Like I like went on anthropology and I was like, I'm going to just start buying stuff. And then I was able, because I've done a lot of work on this with myself for years, I was able to be like, before I got to the point of actually buying, I don't have any credit cards saved in anything, by the way. Oh, very smart. Hot tip. Hot tip. That's Ooh. a great way to stop yourself. Shit. I would have had to stand up while I was on a solo writer's retreat and go, like I was going to break all of the, like the point of being away, like stand up and go get my credit card to put it in. And I was like, oh, fuck, Caroline, you don't actually want any of these things. You're just upset. So when we're upset, we make worse money decisions because our brains are not working. Like you are not able to make just psychologically, you're not able to make or neurologically. Well, I was just talking to a neuroscientist today and I feel like shopping also is you're going to hit a dopamine. Yeah. You're like, you're like self-medicating. I'm upset. I'm and like, it would be the same thing. Like I'm upset. I'm going to go have a glass of wine. Yes. That's what it is to get that hit. Be like, I feel out of control. What's going to make me feel better? How can I get control over my life? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So having for me, having things in place and I do this with clients all the time to stop so that you're forced to think about it is really important. But the same goes the opposite way. Like, if I'm feeling really great because I just got like so many new clients and I just was on the Love Alexi podcast I and I'm know. just like flying high. Totally. Then I'm more likely to do a good job when I get back and I'm working with clients this afternoon. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's like, and it's a cycle. It is a confidence thing too because I feel like, oh, it's an independence thing, which is mm-hmm. amazing because I feel like, and again, that's like paying off the debt. I guess, I don't know if that's related. Yeah, paying off the debt and money coming in makes me feel like I've got some kind of stability. And if I have that financial stability, it makes me feel independent, which means I'm not dependent on a man's affection or a man's money. That's what I want. And because I feel like this is the first time in my life where I don't have as much money as I would like to have or I have had in the past. Also, not having a car, even though I think I'm like, I'm doing my part for global warming. I am I love it. I can, well, I'm not drinking anymore right now for a little bit, but uh. You know, I, I could just... How long have you not been drinking? Like to 17 days. Oh. Uh, but who's counting? Just like, yeah, okay. just like Well, because I have days. an app. I have an app and I posted it on my Instagram, but it's like, been like 17 Is or 18 days. Is it feeling good? Oh my God, it's so great. It's great, but I love alcohol. I'm not going to say yeah. I don't. And for the holidays when I go to I Europe... I've been in New Orleans for 13 years. I just like can't... I know. I'm really confused by the LA drinking culture, actually. I mean, everybody drinks. Not one. Maybe isn't there? I thought everybody's drinking and doing cocaine, but nobody talks about it. I don't do cocaine. I really um, don't. But uh, in comparison, oh, to New, New Orleans. Orleans, no. Oh, yeah. and also like same with like when you go to London, it's like oh, I'm not dr-, like a British person will be like I'm not drinking, but they'll have like two glasses of wine or a beer. Yeah, like, that's but they're still drinking, but they call that not drinking or something. Yeah, that's more like what it is in New Orleans. It's just constant. So anyway, I'm feeling good. That's great. But I'm going to start drinking when I go to uh, on my European vacation because a girl's got to live. Yeah. Girl's got to live. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to like let the Prozac settle into my system and give myself the best chance yeah. and see what it feels like That's to not fair. drink. Um, independence uh, as far as having fine. Oh, yeah. The not having a car. I realized even though it's, you know, I'm paying for, to get in lifts and I'm renting cars here and there. That also makes me feel a little bit dependent. Not even yeah. necessarily on my boyfriend, even though he lets me borrow his car when he goes out of town or he'll let me borrow whenever. He put me on the insurance. He put yeah. me, he gave me renter's insurance, uh, rental insurance. He's done all these lovely, lovely things to be helpful and wonderful. But I realize you can't just get up and go. Yeah, I love being able to. And it's I, such an American desire. So my husband and I share a car. You do? Did you drive here? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, but parking. Um, yeah. I dropped him off this morning. Oh, I love that. What is he doing? Um, my business. He's Working? on set. Yeah. Great. So he was driving a, an equipment van this morning. Oh. He didn't need the car. Love it. So um, I hate sharing a car. You do? I hate sharing a car. Wow. Yeah. And we've done this before. So when he moved out here, he moved out here two years ago for school. And um, we had shared a car for a little bit in New Orleans, but like not that long. And then I really like I was just dying without the independence. I really needed or I felt like I really needed. I didn't technically really need. But I think the emotional part of it is really important. Yeah. So the plan is here is like as soon as I need a car at least half of the days, then even if the money doesn't quite make sense, I'm going to buy a car. You're going to buy a car. But I work from home and so my commute's walking down my stairs and so it feels really silly to have two cars a lot of the time i feel the exact same way because i want a car because i want to go to malibu or i want to run errands but at the same time i don't like running a car to go to joshua tree this last week i was like (gasps) oh that just feels like enterprise or budget Budget? Um, I, did, I did like the cheapest thing. Turo? Fox. What's Have you ever heard of it? Oh my God. Hot tip alert number two. No, I don't know. I felt like after I did it, I was like, uh, What's Fox? is this car just going to like fall apart? Like oh, what really? did I just do? It's, it's like an Airbnb like, thing I got for in cars. the car and I was like, mm, I feel like it smells like cannabis. Like very was, cool. Just was kidding. like the, I mean like I'm all for it. It's fine. Yeah. But like, I don't want my rental car to smell like weed, you know? Yeah. Or, or cigarettes, any kind of weirdness. Any smell is yeah. not great in a rental car. So Fox, I'm not, is, I'm I'll not condoning. I'm going to check it out though, because okay. I tried Turo and I like Turo, but sometimes the cars smell like, it's like Airbnb for cars, right? Uh, no, this was like a, a like a low budget rental, rental place. Car. Yeah. Oh my I God. don't have a rental. I don't like rental cars. So I just oh. kind of like bop around. You bop around. And I don't rent cars very often. Well, I've been looking But I'm not giving this one five stars. Oh, good. They don't deserve it. It's yeah. stunk. It's stunk of cannabis. But uh, I was looking at the enterprise and uh, budget. This is another aside. But uh, uh, that's what my podcast name should be. Another aside. It's just all over the goddamn place. <laughs> But budget is really cheap. And yeah. Then, and then because uh, if you don't have to pay for insurance, because one of your cars is, is, has yeah. insurance, and you pay like whatever, like $12 every six months for rental insurance. Yeah. Then you can like rent a car for a day for like $26. So Fox was 22. What? And I literally. You have choices? I literally was like, I'm going to do 22 over 26. I did this exact Love it. thing. You're brilliant. But I'm, if something had gone wrong, I just felt like I was going to get sued. Why? I don't know. It just felt so sketchy. Today's episode is not sponsored by Fox <laughs> Rentals. <laughs> that is for damn sure. But wait, did they, what kind of car was it? Uh, like a little Toyota. A little Toyota. Yeah, it was fine. But did you have insurance? Yeah. Insurance. Smelled like cannabis. Was it clean? Uh, yeah. Except that when I was getting in, I also only, I drove it to Joshua Tree. I parked in my Airbnb and then I did not move it for four days and then I drove it back. Unlimited mileage? Unlimited mileage. Wow. I just got a weird feeling. A weird vibe. a weird vibe. Maybe you got a contact eye. Uh, I wouldn't. I had the actually the weird vibe was when I was checking out. The guy kept like asking me what I was doing with the car, 
And I was feeling really vulnerable about going to Joshua Tree by myself oh anyway. My and I was like, oh, my God, is he going to follow me to Joshua Tree? Oh, my is God. Is this person going to murder me in the middle of the night? Totally. Yeah. Oh, I get that. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like it when my Lyft drivers are like, so do you live alone? And oh, I'm yeah. Like, creepy. And I'm like, get the don't fuck out of here. Question. Yeah. Ugh. No, three huge dudes. Yes. Yeah. Baseball bats. But, uh. Oh, so that was a vibe, but potentially, yeah. potentially it was just a creepy it was dude fine. and it was fine. And the car. Okay. That's good. I'm going to look into Fox. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Fox. But Rentals, not the creepy dude. But not the creepy dude. There's only like one dude at Fox. <laughs> like, I know it's me. It's definitely um, me. Wait. Oh, so the end, but the independence going back to that, the independence that we both, we yeah. both agree on this. Yeah. Associated with having your own car is major, but you're right because I work from home a lot. It's cheaper and sometimes more expensive depending on the month. Uh, you know, but it's like when you have a car, if you're going to lease it, yeah, you lease the car, uh, car washes, parking, parking tickets, gasoline, insurance, yep. it all adds up. So it's like, so it's just a really weird thing. I don't know. I think this is a perfect example of like part of the decision making processes I work with clients on because it's, it needs to include the dollars and cents. Right. Yeah. So like, Comparing how much you spend on Lyft a month versus what you would have spent if you own or lease a car. Yeah. That's important. But then there is this intangible piece of the decision-making process how that's like feel. how you feel and your independence. And usually when we're talking about money, we take the feelings completely out or we let the feelings completely drive ourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> drive. drive. I know. I know. I was like, should I say it? Okay. Um, anyway. I, we'll be here all week. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it like, really needs to be somewhere in the middle, right? Like yeah. our emotions matter. So do the numbers. And sometimes the numbers are more important than our emotions because we don't actually feel that strongly about the thing. Like yeah. if you didn't really care about the independence thing. But actually, I think the independence is really interesting for you because... What I was saying earlier from our conversation, one of the first things I would p point out is like security is important to you. Security and, and independence. independence is part of that. These are the two things. So having a new relationship, even though it's not new, but it's still kind of new. Yeah. A new relationship and not being as financially stable as I used to be. Yeah. And not having a car. Even my mom said this. It's so interesting. Like she was like, I think that's what's making you wobble a bit and, yeah. and put so much pressure on your boyfriend for your happiness. And you're so worried about him because you feel out of control. Yeah. And then she goes, and when you put drinking on, so love is already a wobbly thing for you when you fall head over heels in love. And then when you put drinking on top of that, you get, it gets more wobbly. It gets more wobbly. So, so it is, wow, this is really, yeah, money, love, insecurity, stability, independence. It is all linked. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So then from there, we'd say like, those are the goals, right? And those are really kind of vague. What are and the that's goals? okay, a right? Car? Like paying off debt. Number in the car. one is like, Finding the sense of security, which includes paying off your IRS debt, credit card debt, and building up a savings that makes you feel like you're good if yeah. shit hits the fan. Because I'd like to build up a savings where I could feel like comfortable getting pregnant. Yes. Where it's like, I'm like, that way all the pressure isn't on like, because that's what we have discussed in my relationship is he has enough money to have a kid. But he doesn't. It, it doesn't make him feel safe knowing that all of it's on him. He yeah, because he knows my financial situation. Yeah, and good. I, yeah, so I guess we do talk about stuff. That was a big deal to start talking. Like that was that That's, was that is really good. Yeah, that, that makes was me a, very proud of you. He didn't understand why I wouldn't talk about it, and then I guess like because I was just fronting so hard. Like I want to seem mm -hmm. like I'm so put together, 
And then we, I, I don't know when that happened in our relationship, but yeah, that was a, a, what made us closer. And it made me feel like I took a layer down and I'm like, it's vulnerability and it's intimacy. Yeah. God, I'm so glad you're on my show today. This is great because we're talking about so many important things. I know like, anyway, but so because he knows my financial situation, he wants me and this is, a, oh God, it's kind of scary saying this because I'm on a podcast. I wouldn't care if it was just you and me, but we're recorded and people can hear us and whatever. But you and just said you can edit it out. I don't want to, though. I don't want to edit anything I've said out. Not even like the part where I was like, are you telling me to break up with my boyfriend? Because <laughs> I was like, fuck, I might delete that because it made me look really weak. And like, also, I put you in a corner where you, you, you were just trying to be silly and light, but I take everything so deep, you know? And I'm like... You know, so I, I do that. I do that people should boyfriend. know. The people should know. The people should know. So I had a mini yeah. spiral, but then we made it, I made it into a joke later. Um, anyway. Um, wait, we're talking about... Oh, yeah. So he said he would feel more comfortable if I if I got myself to a place where, where he had a partner where it's not all just on him. Yeah. And I got really mad. I was like... I was like, so you're judging me. I told you about my financial situation and you think you're better than me. You're judging me. He goes, it's not judging you. You have requirements for a partner, right? Yeah. And I was like, I guess I do. <laughs> I want a big private, and a tall guy. <laughs> Don't remind me that. Uh, oh my God, I'll hate that I said that, but he's not listening anyway. But it's like, you know, I want a big private, a tall guy, <laughs> uh, smells good, treats me like a princess, doesn't cheat, has money good in the morals. bank, good morals, kind. I believe in him. I have to believe in what he does uh, and, and be inspired by him. Buys yeah. you takeout. Buys me takeout. Treats me really well as a gentleman. So I have all these requirements. He seems to like me. But then talking about the money stuff, yeah, his requirement is that he wants to feel like he's with a partner who is financially stable. Does that mean like okay. you have the exact same dollar amount coming to Oh, the... we haven't gone that deep. Okay. But I mean, I think, I, think... I, I think he's thinking like, listen, I, I don't want to speak for him. And I definitely don't want this conversation to go into part where you leave here and I feel like you've just told me to break up with him because I'm very sensitive. I absolutely won't say and that. I, yeah. And, and you don't feel that way anyway, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. I have a, I have a great. Great guy. He's a great guy. But I just, I'm just trying to put it out there you had first. a long list of requirements that he checked off. He checks off, but I mean, and he's a great guy, but I just want to let you know, I'm very sensitive and susceptible to like any weird look, tone of voice, comment. <laughs> I will like crumble. I'm going to go hide my head no, in the corner. No, I'm just saying like I'm very sensitive when it comes to my relationship and yet I don't stop talking about it in, in a public forum. But uh, but he didn't. we didn't say like what that means, but I think I would know. I think yeah. I would know what it means to be financially stable and it definitely would mean padding my bank account. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the number is. Paying off the credit card debt getting a, a, a new credit card after I pay the credit card debt and rebuilding my credit score. Yep. Um, but then also just like getting it, my credit up, credit score up, and then just like leaving it. And yeah. And just pretending I don't have a credit card after that. Yeah. Um, maybe buying a car. Maybe, even though it seems like, I just don't like talking to Lyft drivers. I feel it's a, an energy drain. It is an energy drain. So that's another reason I want a car, even though I don't like part. But you know what? If I had money in my bank account and I was making money, it wouldn't be... I've had cars in the past. I've leased, I've leased plenty of cars. I've owned cars, whatever. Yeah. I want to get there again. I've been there and it was yeah. great. And why I should be there again. It's like ridiculous. It's like so many, every other, like people have cars. It's okay. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever get back there, but I could totally, and I would like to, but yeah. it means padding my bank account, paying off my debt and then proving to myself, wow, I did that. I am my own person. Not only do I have a car, but I got money in the bank Fuck you, dude. Not saying this to my boyfriend, but in kind of, as a joke, but whatever. 
fuck you, dude. I could go to a sperm bank and, and get sperm. I want a partner, partnership. I do want a partnership. <laughs> I don't want to take it to the same. Why do I have to get walking so back, angry? Walking back, walking I back, walking back. I want to walk back. I don't know why I have to get so angry about it and lead with my ego, but it's like, I would like to be like, yeah, like, like I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. Yeah. So now I got my money to where it is where you said you want you wanted me to be financially stable. I'm financially stable. Put your money where your mouth is. Oh, yeah. is there another thing? That, like, oh, are you not ready? Oh, well, I am ready. So I could go do this on my own. That would be just a very liberating well, thing. Well, and he probably, I mean, are you saying I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth. Never met the man. But just don't do it. Most, I'll spiral. I'll crumble. Most people don't when they say like, I want a partner who's financially stable. There's not like a dollar amount. No, 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 or no, like no. Exact. Like this is what that looks like. Just, most people just want to be like, I feel like we're both coming in um, with a mindset that is like a comfortable with each other, right? On like and where you are, and I all I, I totally agree. And if I if, and it would be nice if I wasn't stressed, if I wasn't living month to month, and I wasn't stressed, you'd feel the energy shift. Yeah, totally. If I, I you'd see how much happier I am with like the independence of having my own car and being done with the debt. I feel like this is I'm gonna leave you and be like. Well, so that financial coach just told me to buy a car. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. My only sensitivity <gasps> is like I wobble only with my relationship stuff. I'm not even like I don't even get emotionally attached to the money situation as much. Yeah. But I mean, we are talking about how they're attached. But I just overshare about my relationship and I'm so sensitive about it. And then I set myself up to be to like suffer. Yeah. And then I'll project all this shit on you or whoever is sitting on this couch. And then you say something you, th- that wasn't intended to be bad, but I'll take it in a horrible way. So I'm just saying that. And even though I know all these so things. know that about yourself. But even though I still know those things, I still do the behavior. I still, ma- I still will make myself suffer. So let's be yeah, delicate. Yeah, like step one, right? Like <laughs> kind of like my saying of I got upset and I immediately went and put a bunch of stuff in a shopping cart, right? Like I now know that as a behavior. Five years ago, I would have just bought a bunch n- of shit. And no part of my brain would have been like red flag, red flag. I just would have done it. Yeah. And so it took years to get the point where I was like, oh, I know that I do this. And yeah. now I'm at the point where usually I can have it under control. And that's not to say I don't buy stuff because I do. I just buy stuff because I'm actually excited about and it. And you need it and or I you have want the money it. for yeah, it. Yeah, you and can like, afford it. And it's what makes sense at that time. Like yeah. shopping's not bad or whatever financial decision's not bad. It's just making sure it fits with your actual values. Oh yeah, and why are you doing what you're doing and knowing what's running yeah. you and stuff like, like that? I should be able to look at your bank account and be able to tell a story about you and it actually fit who you are. And if I can't, then like then there's something wrong. That means oh. like your spending habits are not matching up with like who you truly are. Well, that's definitely the case. That is definitely the case. And just last thing about the relationship thing. I yeah. I would love to get to a point where I either don't share as much knowing that I'm wobbly and that I should keep my mouth shut sometimes and not asking questions of people and that their response will dictate my, my emotions. I wish I would, I could like filter myself better or if I can't, I wish I was stable and would remember that I'm in a great relationship and I'm good and somebody else can't, sh- I, I uh, yeah. talking about anything shouldn't shake me up because I know what my relationship is. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm in neither place. I'm in neither place, but I have awareness you will of be. all of it, but I will be. So, okay. Oh, the talking about money. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I know we're all over the place. I am. The talking about money stuff, we are talking about it. The baby stuff. What would make you feel secure and independent? Blah, blah, blah. Also, um, oh, yeah. Just like now I'm trying to figure out who pays for the ticket to go to London and Paris. And that's what I'm going to have to sit down with them and be like, 
I don't want to pay for my ticket. I know you paid for it last time. Maybe you don't want to pay for it again, but we're going to see your family, even though I really want to go and I don't give a fuck if I stay in LA. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, if you, if you, like, that's uncomfortable for me. Having yeah. this, I hate having to talk about money. I just wish somebody was rich or nobody, none of it mattered. And my, I want him to pay for my ticket again or pay for half of it. Yeah. And it's okay for him to that's pay for okay. half of it, right? That's okay. It's okay to ask for half of it. He totally. Have, he doesn't have to pay for the whole thing, does he? I mean, unless you really want him to. Well, I'm just, I, I go, I, I'm, I get afraid of like, I'm really dreading this conversation. Do you think he expects you to pay for it? I'm worried that he expects me to pay for it. I'm worried I've given the impression that I can pay for it. I'm worried that I, I wish I could pay for all of it. Yeah. But also as a woman in our dynamic, I want him to pay for my flight and then I'll split a hotel with him in Paris and he'll find, you know, we're staying a place. So we have to sit down and have this conversation and we yeah. will. And I've already said, I want to talk about this as adults. I have to like yeah. frame it, but we're going to talk about it like next week because we're both waiting on jobs and stuff. So we'll have a better idea of our finances. Yeah. And even though I feel like I'm doing really well with the money stuff, better than a lot of other people, but who cares about other people? I'm all I know is about my experience because that's what I'm dealing with. I still, it stresses me out so much. It stresses yeah. me out knowing that I will have to talk about money. So one thing that I love recommending are what I call money dates. And if you're like, if you're living together or combining finances or in a serious relationship where like, that's the trajectory, having money dates, I do them once a week with my husband. You I'm do. sure he doesn't always love them. Yeah. But they're really important. And it's just like sitting down for 15 to 30 minutes and talking about if you're combining finances, like going through and being like, what happened in the last week? Was there anything that shouldn't have shown up on our bank accounts? Like we found like a Netflix is charging us twice again. Yeah. So many freaking times. Oh, wow. Um, Jesus. Actually not Netflix, Amazon. Glad I steal all of those things. Yeah. I steal uh, Netflix. Yeah. I'll give you, Thanks, I'll give Emma's. you all my, I'll give you all my passwords too, if you want, but whatever. I can keep going. Um, yeah. So part of it is like just being, let's make sure everything's looking correctly. And like, let's talk about upcoming bills, but for you and your situation and anybody who's in a serious relationship where there are some things that are combined, but it's not like you're combining bank accounts. I wouldn't even want to combine a bank account if we get well, together. Well, that's totally fine too. Yeah, you don't need to. I want You separate. don't need to, yeah. but being able to have the open communication and a money date is like let's sit down let's talk about it it doesn't need to be long it doesn't need to be painful but just being like this is what's coming up let's talk about it what do you think we should do this is where I'm hoping we get to and this is where I'm like my my place where I'm not willing to go so for you it might be like I'm not willing to pay for my entire plane ticket but I really want to feel independent and I really want to be like bringing money to the table in this because I know that's important right contribution oh yeah I'm so scared that he's gonna get mad at me this is so real this is good for listeners it doesn't sound like he's gonna get mad at you I know but I'm afraid he's gonna be like if I say I want you to or I would be I would be more comfortable I mean how do we do I guess I'm getting you know what the funny thing is I did this last year I went how do you I even did it I was so proud of myself I was so feeling so strong that was last December or whenever it was and, he, and I said, how do you want to do this? Like, and he went, well, since, he goes, since you're meeting my family and like, you know, I'll pay for that ticket. And I went, okay. And then blah, blah. But now it's like, we're doing it again. And I've yeah. gone through, we've gone through so many things together. Yeah. I'm just scared. I hate it. And I don't want to sound like a, a dick. Well, so if he said, I'm not willing to pay at all, would you go? Would you still go on the trip? I'd be really mad. Yeah. I'd be really pissed. I'd be like, especially if he gets miles. 
I don't know. It's like a weird situation. I'm going to give you unnecessary details again, but it's like he has miles for a free ticket on one airline. Mm. But then if I bought my ticket on that airline, it would be more expensive than another airline. So if he goes to another airline where it's cheaper for me to pay for the whole ticket, he'd be paying for his whole ticket. You know, does that make any sense? You know, if you were on that cheaper airline, would you be comfortable paying for the whole ticket? Yes, I guess I would. But I would prefer if he spent money on his whole cheap, cheap ticket and then half of my cheap, cheap ticket. Yeah. Even though it's not equal. And then I would. I have this whole plan. Oh, my God. I'm just going to go there. I'm going to tell you everything. I, and the way I'm sitting is ridiculous right now, by the way. I'm it's very so comfortable. Comfy. Oh, my God. I got like one arm, <laughs> a hand behind my head and one leg up. Oh, my God. Take I a didn't photo. even realize it's that so it was, dumb. I was like, yeah, this is normal. The way I'm sitting is not normal, but I just have to do it. Um, it's like you're my therapist and I'm just like in the 70s movie, just like telling you my feelings. That is what my job feels like. I love it. Well, I want him to spend, I want him to pay for not even my whole ticket like he did last year, just for half of my Uber cheap ticket. And then I will split a hotel with him mm-hmm. in Paris. We're going to be staying at his friend's house in London. Great. We might have to stay at a hotel in London or in uh, when we go in the countryside or whatever. I want yeah. him to pay for that thing in the countryside. Delightful. I know it was a beautiful trip last time. He just like, anyway, I'll pay for my round trip train ticket to Paris because it's mm-hmm. like 200 bucks total. I'll pay for half my flight to London. Does the train go in the channel? Like I underwater? Don't, I don't know. Probably. Oh God, this is so embarrassing being American. Americans just don't know this stuff and I'm, I'm included. We like, lived in, I lived in England when I was really you little. You did? Yeah. You used to have a little British accent. You did? Yeah. Till mm-hmm. I was like 11. But that, so okay, but you know what you want. I know what I want. And that's when important. I'm Here's what I'm, com- so if I, I, say, I go, we need to talk about this. Are you comfortable talking? What do you think? And then I go, this is what I'm comfortable with financially because I'm not made of money. Yeah. And I really want to go And he already knows that, right? Like, and it's okay. I'm like, and then, but I'm, I'm just so. I think the, <sighs> the next step is, because you've already talked through what this would actually sound like. I'm so scared and though. And it's correct. I'm like so you're stressed. doing it the right way. Am I? Yeah. And then the next thing is like, what if he doesn't Probably pay? he's going to say what you want to hear because it sounds like that's what he's often yes. done in the past. True. He might even be like, I'll I was just planning thing. on playing for the whole thing. Oh, dear and Lord, let him say that. Other, you know, like it might be a very happy, easy conversation. Yeah. And if it's a harder conversation and you can't afford it, then like th- he needs to know that. Yeah. And I've got to pay, pay for presents for all of his family members. Yeah. And, and we haven't spent Christmas in my family, even though I really, I don't care. Like, it really doesn't matter to me. But, uh, but you know. Yeah, maybe is, don't bring that part up. I won't bring the part up. But, you know, yeah, we're spending, I'm spending time with his family, getting them, which I'm happy to do because they're wonderful. Yeah. And seeing all the kids. And we have to go because his sister's going to have a baby in October Aww. and we want to meet the baby. But, yeah, like, Christmas presents for all of them. I yeah. have less money than my boyfriend. We're only going to, you know, it's expensive when you date a, a person who lives in, who's from another country. Yeah. So all this sounds rational. It's just, yeah, it is a scary thing because I'm like, I don't, I don't know why am I so filled with shame and well, dread. I'm, I'm dreading it. I'm just so stressed out. And even he said, don't stress out. We'll talk about it next week when I know what my money situation is. And for me, I thought he was alluding to the fact that maybe he will pay for my whole ticket. Yeah. But I'm he not going to say, I don't know if he was, I'm project, uh, 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 it's a rare thing for me to project a positive thing, but if I'm projecting a positive thing, 
And I even said to him, I went, okay, I don't know what you're saying, but I like what you're alluding to. But he's a guy, so he might have no idea what the yeah, fuck I'm talking about. Right. And I could be completely off. Like alluding to going to London. I know. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, you're paying for my flight. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He just went, don't stress. Stop doing that. Because he hates when I stress. Well, he's you're, calm. you're worrying about Why? Like, things that don't exist yet. Yes. But part of it is that we aren't taught to ha- have the conversations. So it gets really hard to start in the first place but like you just actually did like poster child of what you should do right being like giving someone's a heads up because what's not cool is being like uh it's two weeks from now two weeks from now we need to talk about it and i'm just gonna throw it out there um because money is scary for most people to talk about so being like hey heads up i want to talk about this is step one Step two is knowing what you actually want and are able to do. And you do know that. Like, you know what your ideal is. You know what, like, you're okay with. Do you think? You know what you'd be really upset with. Yeah. That'd yeah. be like a slap in the face. I'd be yeah. so angry. And, and even, that's okay. So I think a lot of people think in a relationship you need to come in and be, like, 50-50 equal. And the truth of the matter is, like, that's not how life is so you and think he you should pay for the whole ticket and that I should break up with him if he doesn't? Is that what you're saying? That's totally what I'm saying. Is it? No, I believe you. Oh. No, no, no. I know. I hate all of this. You I set me up it. for that. I know. I did, <laughs> but in a comical way. I'm trying to like turn my real pain and suffering and tendencies into like making fun of them. <laughs> I think we're come a long way in this podcast, but uh, but it's all going to be okay because I feel yeah. in my third chakra where shame and dread and whatever. It's burning. Yeah. It's burning. And I even said to him on the phone yesterday, I, he goes, he goes, stop. We'll talk about it over the weekend or, or next week after I know what about work stuff. Yeah. So he even said, don't stress. He knows we'll it's worrying you. And I even said, I said, but I get really stressed. He goes, stop it. We'll stop it. And I go, really? Easier goes, said than done though. Yeah. But I even said that I'm stressed. He said when we should talk about it. It's not like waiting for months. I, I told him I looked up on Forbes. I'm trying to be proactive about saving money. And I looked at cheapair.com or something. And Forbes said, like, how many days in advance was the yeah. best time to buy a flight? And, and buy on a Tuesday or is whatever. Is it true? Buy on a Tuesday? That used to be true. I don't know if it's still true anymore. Oh my God, I got to reread this Forbes article. But okay. So you say I'm doing a good job. I don't, yeah. need, to st- I don't need to cut the stress out. I'll walk through it when I walk through it. And he's, he even knows I'm just stressing for things I don't need to be stressed about. And if about. it helps to write the things down. So sometimes when it's money conversations, because we don't have them often, we kind of freak out in the middle of them and then our brains fall out of our heads. Yeah. Like jotting down notes ahead of time, even though it might feel kind of silly coming yeah. to a conversation with a loved one. But that helps. I'm going to try not to be a bitch about trivial dumb things too. So we'll be, we'll be, we'll be soaring high as a couple. We'll both be in a great mood. And then... Be like, oh, we should have this chat about this fun thing. Make yeah. it positive. Yeah. It's a positive joint effort, right? And I recommend treats. So if you're doing a money date, which this is absolutely a money date, what you're talking about. Oh, my God. It's like having a way to reward yourselves for having a tough conversation. Okay. So whether that means like we're going to go to the beach together or that means that we're going to... I often am like, I'm just going to have this piece of chocolate um, or like I'm going to go on this walk that I want to go on or whatever it is. Just having something to look forward to, to be like, we did a hard thing. We should recognize that it's a hard thing because we just are not used to doing this as Americans or humans anywhere in the world. Do you talk about, do you talk about it while you're at the beach and while you're eating chocolate or do you talk about it and then you have the reward? Talk about it and then have the reward. 
Lord. All right. Because I'd probably be like at the beach being like, we're in Malibu and I'm like sitting on a I'm beach like, mat. I don't want to talk about it. I know. Now. And I'm like, what are we going to do about this trip? And he's like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Reward yourself later. Reward later. Talk about it before. Okay. What yeah. else do I need to know? What What am I missing that you want to make sure I know and my listeners know about like, about the money stuff, the services you offer, Yeah. hot tips, more insight into like into a session. And this is the clarifying session we just did, right? It's yeah, clar- so I call it clarity session. Clarity session. And so clarity sessions usually take about 45 minutes. At the end, we do what we were just talking about. Like, okay, so the goals are these kind of lofty ethereal goals of getting out of debt and having savings. We would actually, based on the numbers that we didn't talk about today, we would actually probably have real numbers to those goals. Oh my God. And then talk about what the next steps are. So with one-on-one coaching, I estimate a number of sessions that would be pretty typical given your goals, Um, but I don't lock people in. So I'd say like, Lexi, based on your goals, it sounds like we'll probably do like five to six sessions total, which is my estimate actually for you. Okay. And that could either be done once a month or twice a month. I don't do it more frequently than twice a month because that's just like too much money conversations. Yeah. And then we would discuss whether or not that makes sense right now. If it makes sense to start with two times a month or the first month and then move it to once a month. And I don't lock people in. So if it's something where like we get to month or the session number four and you've reached your goals, fuck, let's stop. Like we do not need to keep going. Yeah. Um, Or if you are in session four and then you're like, I'm pregnant with twins. I'm pregnant with twins. Maybe we need to add a couple sessions. A fantastic segue. The fact that you just said that is perfect. Is that what what I was thinking about was percolating in my mind was the fact that um, I, another added stress about uh, with finances and being a woman. Yeah. And being a woman of my age, a thousand, just kidding. Kind (laughs) of. I am terrified of. I, I don't want to stop using words like terrified because they, they hold such a weight that, make, that constricts my body. Like, yeah. But I'm concerned and I think ha- deeply about um, aging out of having a baby yep. and I can't afford to freeze my eggs or, and I'm not really comfortable after being so, um, for lack of a better word, psycho with my boyfriend and putting him through so much. I, uh, I don't feel comfortable like being like, hey, we should freeze an embryo now. Hey, we've been fighting a lot and I've been really intense and I'm trying to like make you feel... Um, calm and stable like I'm trying to be consistent for him because yeah. I'm learning that men have feelings too and they want to feel it's so pesky isn't it so irritating yeah. men have feelings too very annoying so I'm trying to learn how to love and be loved and trying to be consistently kind and loving to him because I forget that it's I, I, I always think it's all about me and my needs and I'm the victim and so I'm not trying to be that way anymore so I, I sure as hell don't feel like oh now's the time to be like Hey, I know we're like two weeks since uh, this, this, this <laughs> and that just blew up in our relationship. Uh, but uh, yeah, should we talk about freezing an embryo? Like, I'm, I'm not there. Like, we're not. That's yeah. Not, that's not there. Yeah. But also, like, those that stuff is expensive. And also, by the way, freezing in, uh, eggs. I always wonder, like, if they take your eggs out, does that mean you don't you don't make more eggs and then they're frozen? And then what if they don't work anyway? I think. I mean, I'm not a doctor. But not she's not you, a doctor. I think you make more. But I think when you're I me, mean, you're you're younger than I am. So when I when you're older, you make less eggs. You make fewer, right? Fewer. But like, um, I was not trying to correct your your no, grammar there. No, I'm glad um, you did. I love when people do that. <laughs> I learn and and yeah, and it's important. Um, but you don't make as many. But they're. Do you see? I was just like was like I don't want to say fewer now. No, um, yeah, fewer eggs. You're right. So you make fewer, but 
you still make some, right? I don't, know. I don't quite know. This is not my area of expertise. But, that's, but, that's but talking goal. about like freezing savings eggs. for either having kids, or IVF, or, or no, in vitro, I, or yeah. I mean, like that would be kind of part of that savings bucket when we talked about like the security of getting out of the debt, so the getting to a place of positivity, and then the security of having the savings. Part of that for you is not just savings of not living month to month, but part of that is savings to be able Save to have eggs. the flexibility yes. and therefore the security and independence Yes, of these other important things. Oh my things. God, you're making me feel a lot calmer. Good. Talking Money doesn't this, have to be so terrifying. It's not terrifying, but having it would make me feel calmer and I don't have it yet. But so for those of you listening, my Venmo is at Alexi Wasser. <laughs> Watch, I make like $14 after this episode. But also like when people do have more, there's always something. So for some people like, I'm like, oh, well, you feel the same way Alexi does, but you have $100,000 in savings. I would be so happy if I, I would not be in debt. I would very much make a promise to myself. I say this now. I really would to like keep living like I'm broke. Yeah. I know people say that. And it's, it's hard to it keep is, doing. It is hard. But I love the idea. The idea of living like you're broke when you have money in the bank. Yeah. I feel like sometimes like rich people are like super frugal. Super frugal. Yeah. Um, I've always been shocked by that. But then you're like, oh, that, there you go. I'm not super frugal. My sister's super frugal though. I mean, I don't have like, I don't go to fancy place. I go to Uniqlo. Yeah. I used to go to Forever 21, but they have no lining in their skirts and the sh- skirts are just too short. And the jeans are short. all made, made well. I don't even go to J. Crew anymore. I made well. I buy sh- like Target. I feel like J. Crew's Uniqlo not very good quality anymore. Really? I thought yeah. they'd be good. Sho- Why well, have big feet? So I would buy shoes from there because they would make the oh, shoes. Oh, I do. I used to have J. Crew shoes. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I used to. I still own J. Crew shoes. They're in your closet. Yeah, I haven't bought any for a while. I don't like a lot of jewelry. I just like my manicure pedicures. I got my hair dyed because I'm naturally blonde, but probably gray by now. Who knows what's going on under there? But uh. Yeah, so anyway, my hair started turning, I'm a redhead, So, but my hair started turning brown. My mom, my whole life warned me that I would wake up on my 30th birthday and my hair would be brown. Really? So I had a lot of anxiety about it, and then it didn't happen, but at like 30.2, it was brown. People would be like, you have really nice brown hair. I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to punch I've, you in the face. But this is like gold-colored hair. Like, um, you put beautiful flax this in. Is, this expensive. is because it's uh, dyed. Oh, great. Because I was like, I'm not a brunette. You look it's amazing. It's fine to be a brunette. Yeah. But I am not one. Got very upset about it. Your hair color is my natural hair color. <gasps> assuming I'm not gray now, but I probably am. But uh, my mom went completely gray at like 22 years old. So oh, yeah. But I dye my hair this color. And now it's fading. Uh, I like your hair color. And that's my natural hair color. I like your hair Amazing. color too. Yeah. We could just switch heads. Yin and yang. I know. You always want what you don't have or something. I don't know. Like I wanted to be brunette because I was like, oh, this is whatever. But then I'm looking at Different. your hair. Um, and I'm like... Sign me up. Anyway, it's too hard though, to go back. Oh, wait, but you asked like what people should know. Oh. So I was talking about like how the sessions work. Um, I have a, a, a present for Love Alexi listeners. Oh my God. So I would love to offer anybody who reaches out to me and says like, I found you from the Love Alexi podcast, 10% off of coaching series. And there's no code because once we get to the point of picking... You're not buying that online. Um, it's just with me making the decision. So just tell me and I'll give you the 10% off of the whole series. So not just like one session, 
whole series. Oh my God. So how do they find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Verity Daily, V-E-R-D-I Daily or VerityAdvising.com. And I'm very excited. My new website should be launching like in two days. Oh, that's it. So it'll already be there. It'll be out. It's out now. Because by the time you're listening to this, it's out. Yes. And it looks so easy. So if you go on the new website, I mean, or the old website, just go to contact and you can easily find me. Oh, and we email you um, via the contact. Email me via contact. DM you. Caroline at VerityAdvising.com. Caroline at VerityAdvising.com. Mm-hmm. Very yep. cool. Okay. Yep. Um, fun fact, Verity is my, was my granddad's middle name and he hated it. Oh, really? But he's dead. But so he's dead. So you're using it. God damn it. Oh my God. Well, homage to my family. And it makes me think of green because it's like... Oh. Does it mean Verde? It's Verde. Yeah, Verde. Yeah, Spanish. I didn't know we we're both fluent in Spanish. Listen to us, clearly taking over the world, <laughs> bilingual <laughs> over here. Oh my god! Oh my god! Can I get ten percent off too? Yes. Oh my god! Of course. I'm gonna try to get everything I can. Okay. Anyway, As you should. I just ordered something on Uniqlo, and I signed up uh, via email, and it said ten dollars off your order if you sign up to be on the email list. And then I ordered my stuff and I forgot to use the $10 oh, off thing. Oh, I hate that. And then I clicked contact and I was like, what happens if you forget to use the code? And they're like, sorry if you already ordered it. And I was like, fuck. But it's only $10. And uh, you'll probably use it. I'm later. sure it'll come back to me somehow in my life. Um, I don't mean to be so petty. All right. We got hot tips. Hot tips. We talked about relationships. We talked about uh, security, insecurity, uh, feelings of stability. What else do we talk? Death. Goals. Death. <laughs> you know, long-term financial goals. Not so, not so cool dads. Not so cool dads. Wondering why you want what you want and if you really want what you think you want or is a societal pressure. Totally. I just realized I, that part of my stability lays in uh, me fin- having enough money to freeze my eggs. Yep. Maybe an embryo. Uh, to buy some time. Don't know how much that costs. Do you know how much that costs? I have no idea. You can do payment plans, I heard, too. Yeah, you definitely can do payment plans. I have no idea. Another reason it's to It's something that I money. should probably research, too. I have um, a lot of breast cancer scares. Really? Got some lumps. In your... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, so I'm actually... I'm, like, touching like, my breast. Huh? We're all touching yeah, our breasts right just, now with our... Just doing a little with our malanga, check Our Malanga wine nails. A little self-check. I can feel I got my lump here and oh, I got a lump down please here. Please get that checked. I have, yeah. You have? But you it's, got a mammogram? I've had five. Five mammograms. I'm 32. That's ridiculous. They're very painful. Have you ever had one? Yes. I, I had one when I was in my 20s. I don't know oh. how that got approved. Yeah, and now I'm, I'm trying to get a mammogram now. And they're like, oh, you're too young. I'm 38. And I've got girlfriends who are like 36 who have had breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer when she was 37, 38. Oh, oh my God. No, 40. Wait, Whatever. breast cancer and lung cancer? It was maybe related. They were maybe connected. Wow. Oh yeah. So I'm trying to get checked i'm trying to get a double mastectomy because i'm like i do not want these things oh my god what so a holding off on babies until my breast cancer craziness what gets worked an, out. what an intense thing to tell me at the end I of the know, podcast no no don't be sorry at all. that's amazing <laughs> I'm, I'm i don't know what to say to that i don't, I don't want to be like oh i'm sorry because like no i feel good I, about yeah, it yeah you're you're smart you're being proactive yeah it's annoying doctors you- aren't into the idea but we're i'm working on it well, what do the doctors say? They say surgery is very serious. But so I don't have the BRCA2 gene or BRCA whatever gene. But if I did, they would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. But because I, I don't, they're like, you shouldn't have the surgery. But I'm like, okay, but I have scares all the time what in are the family scares? history. What are the like scares? I just get the more lumps? lumps and then I have to go back in. Do they do fine needle biopsies of the lumps? They haven't been doing the biopsies, which I'm also like, 
Why are they not doing Why that? Why are we not doing that? Why? Aren't they? They always say that uh, the there's going to be some doctor listening who's like, this girl is an idiot. No, whatever. Um, when they do the mammogram, I was literally just making a, like, a vice. A vice uh, hand, hand gesture. gesture of yeah, yeah. smooshing my boob. It's painful. And they then ultrasound, boob. then they always say that it's like inconclusive, but they there's no reason to do a biopsy, which is a good thing. Like, those are all good things. But in my mind, I'm like, I have the family history. It feels like I'm constantly dealing with this. That's a lot of stress. Yeah. Why don't we just get rid of them? Well, God, I, I mean, I understand why people would be like, I'm a doctor. You don't have the gene. But you there did could the be other genes. Like, they didn't even know about that gene until, like, five years ago. So, it's, like, what else is out there that I right. might have? I know. It's a, that's a tough situation to be in, honestly. Yeah. Like, I just got checked for the bra- it's a BRCA. Yeah. BRCA. Yeah. Right? I just got tested for the first time. I don't have it. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It is I good. Need, I need to schedule a mammogram. Though, anyway, even though they, they felt the thing, they didn't feel the whatever. But uh, we yeah. could have a whole session just on this. I know. It's Maybe uh, just like a friend to talk. I feel like I do want to talk to somebody. Like I want to talk to a gynecologist, whoever is in charge of breasts. Who's in charge of that? Who's in charge? <laughs> a <laughs> cancer doctor? I think. Well, so I'm trying to get referred currently to, uh, what is it called? Uh, not just a breast surgeon, but a oncology Oncologist. surgeon. Oh, wow. Okay. Surger, whatever. We're going off on a yeah, tangent, but I love off, it. Yeah. Two, two girls who aren't really shit were like, okay, mm-hmm, oncology. Mm-hmm, I don't know. I mean, I feel like. Th- so I was really scared to talk to my doctor about this because other doctors have like poo pooed me on it before. I well, but I came with notes and it helps. Good. Oh, yeah. I came with Let's notes. Let's just my- circle in back. No, right? it's the true. scary conversations. Coming scary with notes. Coming with notes. And don't be afraid because I have a girlfriend who got breast cancer and she went to a male doctor and she felt a lump. And he was like, no, 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 you're just, you know, being, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then she went to another doctor, Jerks. a female doctor, not to make it men against women, but whatever. Let's do that right now for a sec. Yeah. Uh, I'm down. And, and she got diagnosed with breast cancer and she got a, I think she got a double mastectomy and she did radiation and, uh, I mean, it's Angela Trimber. She's on Instagram. I, oh, she went yeah. through her whole journey and, yeah. and put it out there and she's so brave and cool how she tackled it and was like, yeah. wow, like what a badass. And anyway, and, uh. Anyway, I don't even know what my point is with all this. But yeah, I, oh, well, I'm bringing notes and talking about things that are scary to, to talk about. And advocating for yourself, right? And fight. Yeah, advocating for yourself, fighting to get the test. Because also the healthcare system here in America is so Bonkers. fucked up that you almost sometimes you have to just embellish and be like, you know, to make the people order the test for you. Yep. And I am not... And if the first I don't person says that. no, like you keep find another person. Yeah, I love asking questions. And this is, I mean, bringing it back to money, like yeah. healthcare and money combined really scares the shit out of people because it's like two conversations people don't want to have. Oh yeah, but they're so important. Because so I work a lot with clients on healthcare medical stuff. related stuff, and I'm glad I have as a non doctor, as a non doctor. But healthcare is expensive. Super expensive. Sometimes it's shit what you get for a lot of money. I've got Screen Actors Guild, like Blue Cross insurance. It's good insurance. But then if I don't keep working, I could lose it. So that's like puts a stress on me. I got to keep it because I I just only now recently realized how grateful I should be because I look at my British boyfriend and his health care he's getting while he's here. And he's like, what? 
I'm spending this much. You're spending that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Anyway, and then a lot of the best doctors that you want to go to aren't even in networks. So you have to pay out of pocket. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, can you this will lead me to, I'll have another guest. I should have like a oncologist, a fertility doctor yes. here. I should like, those are my next people I want to I want to get on the podcast to like. Oh, these I are love that. Yeah, talking about money, talking about yeah, reproductive stuff and all this and walking through things that fill us with fear and shame that are scary to talk about because once you face it, it's just so scary to walk through it and face it. So, but yeah, it gets better once it's faced. It gets better once it's faced, and it's like you slay the, you slay the dragon. You're smarter because of it. You're stronger because of of walking through it and like facing something that brought you you know is scary to begin with. What other things do we need to know? We know where to find you. Yeah. We know that you're giving a ten percent discount for yeah. people who heard you on the Love Alexi podcast. Um, any other things and words of wisdom and the things. Uh, yeah, I want to. You know. Very last thing I would say that everyone can do that is good for your money world is doing a money diary. So like maybe you've seen refinery 29 does these like money diaries where they're like, I make a hundred thousand dollars and I'm 52 and I live in hope. I don't know, wherever just going to make up a random name of a Hoboken. Yeah. Hoboken. I've heard of it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, is that in New Jersey? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I really doubted myself in the middle of that sentence, but anyway, you don't need to do it that way, but some of you might be aware of how like they have these things. They're pretty popular. But if you write down everything you buy and write down either in a notebook, paper, or in your notes app on your phone, um, not looking at Mint or Tiller or like something. Don't do an automated. I don't even know what that is. Don't look at something automated. Like actually physically write it down, even if it's with your thumbs on your phone. Okay. And saying like, today I went to Erwan and spent $75 on who knows what. Yeah, that was me last night. $32. (laughs) bogus dinner go yeah, on yeah it happens um i was starving but do that for at least a week and then just like reflect back on it and if there's something that makes you uncomfortable while you're writing it down then that needs to be addressed it doesn't mean that that's a thing that you shouldn't buy but the uncomfortable feeling you have for writing it down is happening for a reason so whether that means like actually you didn't want it or you mm. felt pressured into buying it yeah or whatever it may be i think I'm but just yeah. starting to get like real with where your money is going. Oh, that's a great, uh, it's a good a great starter. Tip. Yeah. I'm never afraid to return things, especially to target because good. of the corporate company. And I'm like, they're fine. They're fine. And I'm returning it. And that's why I'm shopping here anyway. And yeah, I have no shame when it comes to like returning stuff. And also, yeah, if I, were to write, I, I just recently bought like patio furniture that's yet to arrive because I want to utilize that space and make the patio nice. But for it's me, it's really pretty. I'm excited. Thank you. But I haven't put the furniture out there. It hasn't arrived, but I feel like I'm not bad. I don't feel bad about that because if somebody rents my place, it makes it more like uh, yeah. just enticing to rent and it makes me happier. And you can go outside and read and read and have or coffee, have a cup of tea or whatever. It's a quality of life thing. But I'll uh, say a, a glass of wine, but in the future, maybe, maybe yeah. not. Oh, for sure. In the future. Definitely. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it'll probably be just like a six ninety nine bottle of rosé from Trader Joe's, which are which amazing. Are fantastic. Yeah. But uh Okay, I love all of this. I feel like I've learned so much. Yay. Anything else I need to know? Nothing? We got it. I'm we, sure I'm going to think of something when I walk out the door, but no, a, that's not, what happened. not right now. Well, thank you for... Uh, Come reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. I will totally do that. And thank you for coming to me. Thank you for being on my podcast. And uh, thank you for making me less scared to talk about money. Thank you for having me. All it's right. been a blast. Bye. Bye.